Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 100 of the F Reality Podcast. Woo! Congratulations lads. We made it through 100 episodes of this fine show. Thank you to everyone that supported us by the way. We we all can't thank you enough for all the support. And we've come up with something special lined up for later after the show to celebrate, which I'll talk more about very shortly. If you're new here, this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. You can catch the show live in VR as well. So you can share the experience with other VR enthusiasts in big screen TV. You can also tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. Or check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor. And now it's also available on Spotify. If you have any questions, comments or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try and answer as many questions as we can. Now, of course, time for me to introduce you to the team. First up, be careful because this guy has a license to grill. He's the barbecue king and legendary VR live streamer. It's the one and only Zimtok5. How are you, dude? Hey, Mike. <laughs> ah, grilling. Uh, you know what my um, you know what my password is um, for. Uh, I'll I'll happily tell you my Wi-Fi password for my barbecue, which is um, hot grills for you. That's it. Hot, hot, nice. Hot you might you might you. want to need to explain because you have this yearly barbecue, right? I, I have this an annual barbecue. This famous. was our this was our sixth, um, which coincided with my fifth year streaming VR. So it was kind of nice to have all of that together. You know, I'm a huge Keyforge fan. We actually ended up doing a Keyforge tournament, which I won, which I didn't expect to win because it was really nice. tough. There was a nice little shouting match between me and the wife because we went head to head in the uh, in the finals. Wow. <laughs> which wow. is uh, always good for a married couple, you know, just of to course. test those bonds because we're getting close to 10 years. So there's a lot of anniversaries this year in my side of the world. Um, but no, it was absolutely fantastic. We didn't quite get the weather for it. It was kind of pissing down, to be honest, but um we got it early we got it late did four different separate grills and uh all the food came out great and i drank too much as usual so it was it was lovely it was it was really are there good pictures of that uh <laughs> someone might have some you have to persuade somebody there's probably a few in chat so there awesome well glad you had a great time great to have you back you. next up he's a collector of headsets explorer of virtual worlds and master of the metaverse it's my Frisian friend it's of course nathy how are you dude these are my Game of Thrones uh, titles. Yes. <laughs> never, never ends. You, you can add a few more a couple of years later with all these headsets coming out. I know. It's, it's hard to keep up sometimes, you know? It's getting hard, yeah. And, and also the space is, is running out. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> yeah. But you're good? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing fine, yeah. Good yeah. to hear it. Good to hear it. Next up, he can't wait to take to the skies and beyond to share his rowdy science across the galaxy. Say howdy to Rowdy. It's the Rowdy guy. How are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great indeed. I'm a bit excited for this one since it, uh, I think it will be an interesting topic uh, later on to be talking about. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing, I'm doing all right. The weather has calmed down a little bit. It's not as hot as it used to be. Uh, it's yeah. still warm, but not, not crazy hot. So I, I definitely I'm, I'm welcome good. that. I definitely yeah. welcome that. Also, let us know how all you, you're all doing uh, in the chat. And if you've got a little room in big screen TV, talk amongst yourselves as well during the show, make some new uh, VR friends. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike. I'm host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. We've got a packed show for you today. Some of the highlights include No Man's Sky coming to VR very, very soon. I'm so excited for this. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Argos in the UK let slip about the upcoming Vive Cosmos price. Red Matter is coming to the Oculus Quest. Zim's going to give you the lowdown on the latest releases to look forward to next week. And Rowdy is going to give you some Rowdy science with an insight into Neural Link and how that can work with VR in the future. So really interesting show today. But first, of course, let's find out what everyone's been playing this week and their highlight of the week. And first up, of course, is Zim. Oh, have no. you uh, have you managed to squeeze in any VR? Oh, in plenty. Barbecuing oh, and keyforge. Oh, plenty. We uh, we actually set up a three v three rec room paintball, which I didn't think about in in advance. And I had some people who aren't regular VR users, and I had like smooth locomotion, and all that stuff on. And literally, <laughs> it's like spinning plates. You know, once you get the first person all set up, and the second person in their headset, and then you go upstairs, and you come back. And then someone's like, "Oh God, my stomach!" <laughs> like it didn't work out. That that experiment didn't work out. But the thing I'm very happy to report um, after some pretty heavy Oculus Quest and and like that recent Rift S patch, um, I I had a show recently, no crackle, decent volume in my Quest. So nice. I think Ooh. they shadow dropped a patch, which uh, has now fixed it. I'm not convinced it's as loud as it was originally. I think we're sitting around like, if I had to guess 80, 90% of the original volume, the crackle's gone. Um, mm -hmm. And I can stream it with, uh, as I do, I, I, I basically strap a lav to my face to pick up the audio from the headset uh, and my voice at the same time. And it's working perfectly again. So thank you, Oculus, for having done that in the background. If it was just a psychological experiment, you win. I definitely went batty for a few <laughs> weeks there. Um, but that was that was kind of one of the two things that, that you know, over the last week I was really impressed with. And um, the second thing I'd say was I was playing Battlezone yesterday, which is like unfortunately a graveyard and i was expecting to go back to it i played the original um psvr demo on the demo disc when it landed and i was like okay this is a pretty cool game i didn't quite get it uh i have to say when i when i played it on psvr and i was kind of like not that enthused but going back to it it's like tanks took over from other suns or ftl or something you have to pick your path uh you at the beginning you decide how lengthy a campaign you want to do it procedurally generates that and then you progress across the battlefield segment by segment and again, you, you drop off at kind of supply depots to pick up different types of weapons. Um, but I wasn't able, this is the saddest thing, was there was no multiplayer presence at all last night, whatever, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock when we got to it. Um, and I suspect that's probably a permanent state of affairs now, which is sad given the fact that the game, uh, I, I couldn't really find fault with it. Like, the sounds were great. All the weapons were varied and, and quite awesome. Even the enemies were neat. There were things coming at you from the air, little motorbikes coming at you with mini cannons. Um, I was in a heavy tank and blasting things apart and having the little fragments come off of them and collecting those to kind of give me digital currency so I could buy upgrades. The whole cycle, like I really enjoyed it. And all I wanted, I was like, I want my Efriadli lads in there with me, four tanks rolling down the battlefield and us kind of taking down this kind of ultimate volcano at the end. It just seems really badass. So yeah. um, Battlezone, awesome. Have any of you had experience with it? I remember playing uh, a little bit of it a while ago when it first came out, because it's quite an old title now, right? Very maybe old. a year, year or two old, two. maybe even longer. Yeah, two. Um, but it's made by Rebellion, am I? Or am yeah, I it's wrong? Rebellion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like really decent studio. So yeah, it's a pretty yeah. polished game. But um, I think at the time when it came out, I remember being quite susceptible to motion sickness back then. <laughs> so I couldn't stomach that much of it. I kind of remember that. You mean Tractor Ball? Do you remember Tractor Ball? Oh God, that was horrible. Tractor Ball. That was horrible. Wait, were you having, what was it like a oh, ramp yeah, on yeah, your yeah. face, right? And you oh, like move Rocket, Rocket League and VR. Rocket League and yeah. VR. Yeah. That was awesome. Doing though. the jumps was not fun. Oh, nice. That was not but fun. I, I think I think Battlezone came out too early. 
but it's it's, it's ahead of its time. But why is it yeah. still ahead 30 of quid? Its time. Why, why is it still thirty yeah. quid? Like why is, is they, it? It's thirty wow. quid. It's why like, isn't it just like should be a tenner, I don't know, like five bucks maybe? Or even know. yeah, 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 eight eight pounds, ten dollars. Like that would be a great price for it. People would actually be playing it, and there'd be a multiplayer environment. And I, mm. I'm just puzzled. I, I hate seeing a fantastic title. You know, we we've had that conversation over the last couple of months about a couple of other titles. And <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's like we, we have. Uh, the sea bass uh, saying in chat lies battlezone came out in 1980. Well, yeah okay the original yeah, you got yeah, us yeah, there okay. the original yeah yeah but the new one it has is... got that kind of uh tron aesthetic to it hasn't it that kind of is what it looks like very tron but like the music the music is really beaten like when you're when you're mm. in your tank in flanway and it's not oppressive either like they got the balance right um but it just feels so good and I, I feel like a kind of guilty shame of like, mm. I just playing this game. It's like when I came across Narrows on the go mm. and it instantly became my favorite Oculus Go title. I was like, how did I not know? Why are people singing about this game from the from the heavens? This one, I, I'm going to have to find a way to get four people together and play this thing because it is damn good. Is I, I, wonder, I wonder if, let's say, VR does go mainstream in a couple of years. Will these titles then magically fill themselves up with players mm. or no, are I, they I, then I think, not i think what will happen is that someone else will take that concept and make a new game and then those yeah. uh but those what if a developer just up. reboots their game the moment yeah, yeah. vr is like completely hyped up I'm, I'm sure that happened for a lot of developers with the quest launch you know maybe the yeah. game didn't do particularly well initially and the quest has kind of relaunched their game for yeah, them so definitely yeah or they yeah. get time to launch another platform the one thing i'll mention yeah. is um, although originally designed for VR, they they enabled it for 2D as well, so you can buy it and play on flat screen, mm. um, which is which is always good. But, it opens that it's like that rec room thing. It opens to players who mm. maybe either don't want to play because again, it's people who are sim sickness or whatever. So I think it's always a good it's a good avenue, not necessarily just taking your title to another platform, but also opening to flat. So, so I think some... I think you're doing a great job of like highlighting these older games. You know, you're you're doing the work that you you said that you needed. You know, right. so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's really good important. Good job, Sim. I, 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 it's not a, it's not by mistake. Like I do that intentionally to go check things out that had a hearty name, or like you said, like Rebellion as a studio. Like mm. when you see a studio name like that, like this new Akron game that's coming out, which might not be for everybody. But again, given that I've played Narrows on the go, and this is coming out in what two weeks or something, two three weeks. Um, definitely going to play that. Definitely going to try and play that with my family. You know, it's it's one of those kind of multiplayer. Uh, person in VR for people not at games and I, I don't know it's just if, if anyone in chat if you have come across a gem that we don't know about haven't talked about on the podcast please mention it because we do our homework and we do strive to find these gems and talk about them so uh, do yeah. air them if you've got them so that was my week and we do help them out too because yeah. when we mentioned Xing the land beyond great puzzle game very underrated hidden gem I would say it popped up on the store and yeah, on the same. front page because the thing is, as you said, there are so many, so many cool games that no one really knows about. And the moment you start talking about them, there is this buzz, and then yeah. there the is a possibility that it pops up on the front star. And if there's something developers need, it's being on the front star or mm -hmm. of, of like a VR platform. That, the same thing happened with Red Matter as well. Can you remember? That? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the day that's after true. or something. Yeah, yeah funny coincidence. We're going to talk more about that later, of course. Red Matter, but uh, let's pass <laughs> over to Nathy then. Find out what you've been playing this week. Yeah, so I uh, I played uh, Lucky Steel. Mm -hmm. It's also mm -hmm. a hidden gem, I would say. Uh, a classic, yeah. A classic. It is a classic. Uh, this 
This game is as old as the, I would say, Oculus Rift development kit too. What headset did you use, Nathy? I'm curious. I used the Valve Index because cool. I had, of course, the thumbsticks because this is a third-person VR platformer and uh, you do need to play it with a controller, uh, an Xbox, PlayStation controller is supported, or, well, in, in case of the Index, the, the Knuckles, right? Because you have the thumbsticks, super nice. Um, yeah, great. I mean, you you can interact with Lucky because you can have these tiny little hands and poke him and wave at him and do things like that. They added that very late uh, when the Oculus Touch controllers launched. So right. no one really knows that that ever happened, but they did update it. Um, and it worked. It worked amazingly. It, it's it's still such a, such a great title that is like a blast from the past for me. And also, I think that Lucky, I don't know if you all agree, is like an, a flagship, like an icon for VR. Yeah. Like I've before, before it, Quill, before Quill yeah. came around, like Lucky was like, wow, hey, this is Oculus, right? This is what they are going to bring to us. And his name is even based on the man himself, right? On, on, yeah. on Palmer Lucky. Um, Do we know if that yeah. was intentional, by the way? Oh, yeah. I must. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah he was, I, I don't he was think involved. that can be a fault. Or, or no. like something like that was like, oh yeah, that's a coincidence. Yeah, yeah no. no, he he was he was involved because the first time I got to play uh, Lucky Still was in I don't know like 2013, 2014, where they uh, for the first time showed off the Oculus Rift development kit two oh. and its positional tracking. For me, Lucky Still was the first time I got to experience what it was like to be able to lean into a scene and mm. to be able to move your head because before that your head was stuck on a stick right you wouldn't mm -hmm. wouldn't go anywhere um and that was the moment for me where i was like wow this is next level this is like you know the next step for vr like positional yeah. trekking i remember crouching and you were still a lot, like like up and oh. down just like i would do you remember there was a table and oh yeah a table that you yeah. um there was a, a table that was like a, a study desk with like a pencil in it and a little yeah. plant and i remember specifically getting infatuated with like looking at the plant and the and, and the little pencils <laughs> and, and under the desk and look see oh, yeah. oh i can see where the cable's going and that that's, was awesome that's that's where people uh, got to try room scale in a way um God, where you could like that was for me the first time with this desk where I uh, leaned my head through an object and be like, whoa, I can move through a wall. That's so weird. Or sit in an object, right? And be like, what's going on? Because your brain does not compute at that moment. <laughs> so yeah, of course the desk is, it's not a game though. It's like, it was just a desk and you know, you could just sit in front of it. But lucky still, I thought was still free. So I made a video. I'm like, oh, hey guys, it's all free and uh, go oh, check no. it out. And then I go into the store and it's not free anymore. No, it I was, it okay. was for a very long time. And in my mind for these last two, three years, I thought it was still free, but it's not. It's uh, not do you know free. when they put the payment on? Cause I, I went back to it when I was installing I... the CV1 downstairs and I noticed, I think it's like 20 quid. It's not cheap. It's wow. 15, it's 15 okay. euros, I think. Yeah, there you uh, go. But, uh, I think I think they did it in like 2017, maybe because it was a pro promotional offer. So when you bought the bundle, the Rift with the touch controllers, um, you would get Lucky Steel for free. I think it was even on the on the box. Um, mm. yeah, but uh, I was surprised that they uh, that they were asking. Uh, uh, I money actually for never it played now. it. Never no? played it. Seriously, yeah, it's it's fun. Cool. It's a fun platformer for sure. Yeah, it's if you like, enjoy platformers in VR, it's one you should definitely it's, try. It's, it's Astrobot before yeah. Astrobot came, right? Like, yeah, it's exactly. the first. It's the first of its kind. 
So, uh, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a great great title, uh, and I do wish uh, Playful did more with Lucky in the VR space. I remember they made another Lucky Steel game, Super Lucky Steel, on the uh, on the Xbox. I think it was even an exclusive there. Mm-hmm. Now they are going to bring it to the Nintendo Switch as well. But again, for me, it's in, like I think it's important to have if if a certain character makes it to let's say a more mainstream audience you should use it and advertise with it and uh advertise vr right like moss quill lucky there are so many other characters that but as involved that the name lucky was with the company as edgy would be right (laughs) now if they would still use that as a i think Maybe, I should do a spin-off maybe. series. <laughs> but, Lucky but gets killed in a grinder. <laughs> but, 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 but <laughs> what the heck? It's the start. But, <laughs> then you save the princess. But but seriously though, a character like Quill could uh, make someone buy a headset. Mm-hmm. But I right? mean, Moss did that way better though, with Quill and with the artistic artistic renderings and the way that they use the trailers now to announce the new ones. They've done a lot more with the with the. Oh yeah. Quill. But they also gamified right. various conventions where you found exactly. Quill and you got an actual model of Quill. Like yeah. I, I saw that on my feed for like two years before Quill even launched, and I was like, I'd like one of those, you know. So. I wish I had a model Quill. Yeah. Really yeah. 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 Um, you so, bought it's kind uh, of the printer just for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could. Um so so looking into the chat, uh, we have some peeps that also played a bunch of awesome juicy games. We have Neil who played uh, Skyrim VR, streaming it to his quest, a brave soul. Uh, then we have Steve Drumheller uh who uh, uh played uh, Forza in the Index with his new open wheeler rig and fan attack wheel and pedals. Does Zim approve? Zim approves. Oh, I, mean, that's, I need to get that's one That's expensive. Fan really... attack wheel and pedals is fucking... Damn, that... this, this guy is the best setup ever. Yeah. I've wow. seen his setup. He's got a nice rig. That must have been streaming a pancake game to a VR headset, though. It's not like VR Forza. I think. I'm not aware of Forza I don't think there is a VR, VR Forza. support. No. Yeah. No. Um, no. But it's then... interesting... Oh, sorry, go on. Yes? But then we have uh, Michael, who played Half-Life on the quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Pro Fisherman, um, who... Wait a second. No, not it's no, not Pro Fisherman. It's, <laughs> that's the name of the game. It's VR Pro, <laughs> who played Fisherman Tale. Although, that is a cool name for a gamer tag. <laughs> Actually, I think Pro Fisherman is a VR game. It's a game, yeah. yeah, yeah. So too. Oh, yeah, that's, that's also true. Yeah, that's true. What the heck? Uh, okay, well, I'm so confused. Uh, Jamie played Fox Machine, and then last but not least, we have Paradise DK, who jumped into Raccoon Lagoon, and he's hooked to Half-Life on the quest. Awesome, awesome. So uh, you guys played some classic games, and what about you then, Rowdy? Do you play a classic game this week? Yeah, I, I feel like like you guys agreed on this and didn't inform me on yeah. it. Like, uh, <laughs> I just jumped back into Pavlov because he had a new... Well, I mean, I don't know how new the game mode is, but it was the first time that I tried it. I tried it together with, with Chris and Viper. We tried the Prop Hunt uh, game mode. Oh, yeah. uh, now, I know the, the game mode from like you know PC games a little bit, but it was hilariously fun to do this in virtual reality. You know, being a barrel and trying to hide yourself from like other players. It's oh, yeah. it's one of the most hilarious experiences I've had so far, uh, especially when you get caught and you need to run away as the barrel or and try to like get like a different kind of item. For the people who don't know what Prop Hunt is, I don't, I don't think that there will be a lot of people, but anyway, I'll explain it very briefly, is that you got two teams. One of, them's, one of them is the hunters and the other ones are the props. And the goal of the game is for the hunters to kill all the props 
and all the props need to stay hidden from the hunters. So, mm-hmm. and then, there's the a clock, right? There's see. a time limit, and there's a time. It's a time limit based yeah. game. So then, um, the first twenty seconds, I think, um, the the hunters don't see anything. It's just black, and then all the the props can choose a prop and become that prop. It can be anything or pretty much anything that is in in the game scene. It can be barrels, it can be a computer, it can be a mouse, it can be whatever it is that you can find uh, within that time limit. Uh, And then it's a matter of the hunters to find the props by shooting certain things uh, and then check their health meter because every time they shoot something and they don't hit a prop, the health meter goes down up until the point that they die. So you need to like talk a little bit and try to figure out where the props are. It's or it's or when hilarious. they miss, right? If you are a barrel and you jump around like a madman and they miss, then they lose health as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I watched the. F- uh, go on, Mike. I was going to say I watched a bit of Josh Dub and Mully uh, play this, and uh, <laughs> it looked like they were having so much fun. Yeah, it looked like a crazy experience. I, I'm racking my is. brain here though because I think it was available in VR. Was it a, was it part of Team Fortress or something before as a mod on certain mod servers? Because I think it was. Because I think in DK Two Days I played this. And um, I think it was called maybe something slightly differently, but I think maybe it was Bruce Prop Hunt. But like, mm-hmm. that's where you're, yeah, the, the best part about it is when there's someone trying to find you and they're losing their shit trying to find you and they can't find you, can't find you, time's running out and you're like hopping around behind them as a barrel or whatever. And it's hilarious <laughs> fun. So I'm glad you're yeah. playing it. So is it, is it, it's easy anyway. You just subscribe to the Steam page, right, It's Rally? just, again, like one of those community maps, yeah. much, much like they have like a Battle Royale mode or they have the TTT. So it's just, I think at the moment, there's only one map that is doing it. I don't know. I, I mean, I only played one map, so maybe there are more that I just didn't see. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was one map with like a, an office and some barrels and some cones and but, like all kinds of stuff that you could be. Well, how, how, what does it look like to be in... To be like a toilet paper or something. What, what is that like? If well, you're you, a small you object, do you like? You, is your you skill? Like, but yeah, are you it go- skills? It oh, it scales too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it scales you too. Oh, so you're yeah, tiny yeah. then. But you don't pick yeah, your object, yeah. right? It's, it's like randomly assigned. No, you no, pick no, it. you pick your object. Yeah. Oh, okay, and you that's can different change to what I object, object. So if if you get caught or you run away and you manage to like you know hide yourself again, you can pick a different I, object huh. and become that object. Then right? I I saw I saw this amazing video on Facebook of someone uh, doing uh, a prop hunt in Call of Duty, and you have like this practice range, right, with these signs that move to the left and the right. So he was one of those signs as well, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he was like next to just a moving. fake sign, just moving the same way, and no one no one knew anything. that's hilarious that's hilarious that's nice one nice one so you can play that for free from the steam vr page uh if you have pavlov yeah if you have pavlov of course of course (laughs) okay so um the game i want to highlight this week is half-life on the oculus quest another classic game same as uh michael and pd now this is all made possible by a uh a mod called lambda one vr which is available on sidequest now have you you've played around with sidequest now zim Uh, what's half-life (laughs) don't. <laughs> no, actually, I want to you out actually because oh this week you said that uh, it was overrated. I believe Half-Life it's was... overrated. Yeah, I think Half Life has like Half Life was cool when it landed in what 2004. Let's talk Half Life Two, right? Like it was cool because they had new lighting and all this cool stuff, and they had the zombies and those naughty levels that they had. 
And then it got to a point like 2009 is what I'm calling. No, but it's the, no the, longer the, cool. It's but like, the original, the original is iconic. It's like it's iconic. Yeah. Uh, it's, you, you, it's, you, it's, how it's many just times? Revolutionary. It's yeah. as revolutionary for 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 gaming as, for example, Doom was, or like yeah. yeah. But apparently, it's, it's overrated fun. as well now. But it's, yeah, <laughs> well, it's, I wouldn't it's, play it's it now. There. Of course, it's definitely yeah. gotten to the point where it's like if I'm if I'm playing, you know, and I've got <laughs> this, and I'm I've got this 15 minute intro I've got to sit through. Yes, it's iconic. I still like that, but nah. Nah. Okay. I'm... Okay. Wait, Maybe wait, I can change wait, your mind. Wait, Maybe wait, I can wait, change your mind. Try. Wait. So you. So you also think that Left 4 Dead is overrated then? Because that's also quite. Uh, it's not no. that old. It needs no. more time. That <laughs> launched okay. in 2009. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I still remember it vividly. Well, okay. So if you're interested in playing Half Life on the Quest, you need to use this Lambda One VR. Uh, mod which is available for free on SideQuest. SideQuest, if you don't know, it's a really handy little tool uh, for Quest owners, which basically allows you to sideload apps and games with just a single click. It's super, super simple to use. Uh, but basically, you do need to own the original game uh, on your Steam library, and you need to copy some of the game files over to your Quest directory, yeah. and then install the mod, and you can play it. But um, it works. And uh, I thought it was just really fun because, like you say, the game's like 20 years old. It's been that long since I played it. You know, I, I only played through it like once, whereas the sequel I played through many, many times. But I thought it was really cool to go back and see it from a different perspective in virtual reality because there's some really standout great things about this game. Uh, so maybe I can kind of change your mind. I forgot how great the audio was in this game. Uh, the music is really funky. Mm -hmm. And the sound effects of using like the health stations... And the, the the suit when you like fall off a ledge and it tells you that you've fractured your legs. That's just so awesome. And you know the, the great thing obviously about playing Half Life in VR is that you can aim using the controllers, like six degrees of freedom controllers. And when you swing the crowbar, it's just super satisfying, like breaking boxes and yes. smashing up some head crabs using the Oculus Touch controllers. Um, and also like it's it's a much scarier game in VR mm. than it ever was. In pancake mode, I, I found that legit scary. When I, because I, I mean, I was a kid still when I played that game the first time, and I, I think I got as far as like the, I played the intro maybe like fifteen times. Mm -hmm. I also, I had no clue back then what the game was about, so I, I, I thought I was just a, a scientist going to work, and like, a, you know, I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. So I played that intro because I liked that. It was fifteen minutes. It was calm, you know, and all of, a, all of a sudden, like everything went to hell, and I started exploding and stuff. Uh, yeah, that, that was a proper scary game back then. Definitely. Yeah, like the, the the noise that they make and the way that they jump at you, oh. the head crabs it is no, is legit terrifying head, in VR. The head crabs well, scare you all the time. For do. people yeah. who I'm curious, Mike, how far you got? Because for people who haven't played Half Life, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is uh, a sizable alien creature that might do a surprising thing. I'm curious if you got to that part. No, not okay. yet. Because that not I yet. imagine in VR would be quite intimidating. Yeah. Now I did play it. I did side. Oh, you did. It. You have played it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been desperately trying to get a bounce uh, server, which is the best multiplayer map, in my opinion. I used to mm -hmm. ho host a, a series of Half-Life and then Source servers. So um, actually, I followed Tyrael's video. Tyrael Wood did a nice video on it. And um, how you're supposed to know that you're meant to copy files over from your Steam install. Um, they obviously need to point to some better instructions on the actual install page on SideQuest because it's totally blind. Uh, but aside from that, and obviously you had a good time with it, I wasn't really attracted to the single player. I did play that for a little bit, but I played the multiplayer. Went into a pool day map, went into a bunch of classic Half-Life maps uh, very heavily. I mean, there was probably eight to 12, maybe 16 even players when I was playing it. And it is frantic awesome. speed. It's like, it's what Team Fortress 2 was on DK2. Like super fast, doesn't hold your hand, 
awesome. Even with, with a snipe, like the Magnum or whatever, you can zoom in with it. And I'm talking, they take a frame and they zoom it in like this. This is the biggest stomach jerking thing ever. And it's like floating like this with your hand motion. And it's like, wow. it still gets shots off. But my God, yeah, yeah. So it, I'm not an anti-Half-Life person. What I'm saying is the Chrome has worn off of this thing. It is now old and it is a classic, but like StarCraft, it's a classic. You know, it's not yeah. something that now I'm excited for Half-Life 3. Sorry, I'm now into Doom Forever territory with Half-Life. Yeah, yeah. So it's worth noting, uh, like Zim said, there is multiplayer in this alongside the single player. The full game is playable in VR, by the way. Um, but there are a few uh, bugs right now, so just be aware of that. Um, I found that the aiming was a little bit off and that some shots with the guns didn't register. When did you properly. play it? Because they patched the, the aiming, I think, before I used it and it was perfect. Yeah, I did hear that they were working on a patch to fix those issues. In, in um, single player, did you have the two-handed capability, like being able to two-hand a shotgun and stabilize it that way? Because that's amazing. I didn't have a shotgun, um, but I think that the the, uh, like the M16 sort of machine gun yeah. was one-handed. Um, no, 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 sorry, it was two-handed, it was two-handed, yeah. yeah, I do remember now. No, you could balance it out with two hands, but you're right. I, I have to, because you said shooting the guns and sixed off was awesome, even just taking the starter pistol and gangsta styling some like head cramps, like that's awesome, that's, you yeah. can't do that. But the, the, I had the weirdest thing in Half-Life playing the single player, like you, audio bit was great, but I, I didn't, it's really weird. Maybe I was so immersed because Half-Life was foundational, like what Rowdy said. I mean, it was the first game like a movie that you were playing, but I didn't, it was weird. I was playing it. And I was like, this doesn't feel any different to what I remember playing. Mm. And I didn't play it in VR before. So yeah. why is that? Yeah. That's weird. That's also because probably we've been a little bit like spoiled with, with mm. titles that have been coming out just maybe. in general yeah, in gaming maybe. and that, you know, your expectations get higher and higher and higher. But as a kid, you remember that sense of awe like that you yeah. have when you first played that game and you don't get that anymore when you play a title like this. I get yeah. that. There so, was nothing, there was nothing like it back then. Yeah. So this like this Half-Life project is a different one than that one that they have been working on for years now. That like VR That's Half-Life 2, right? That, that that is still being worked on the half-life uh vr project and also black mesa as well still being worked on yeah um but mm. if you're looking for like more content to play on your quest then i would recommend going to check it out like i say if you own the game already on steam which most people do anyway yeah. you just need to d install the mod um but just be warned that it is quite intense you know if you're new to vr oh, the days, locomotion yeah. is going to be intense <laughs> so if you're feeling nauseous make sure you take plenty of breaks and i don't think they have options for smooth turning they had smooth motion but I, mm. I only I only saw options for snap turning. Yeah. But generally, snap is better for nausea than smooth. I, oh, oh, it okay. is. Yeah. But I, I, I was about to say, like, I never I never use snap. I always turn I that snap. off. Yeah. Okay. Snap actually makes me feel bad. Like, it's so. funny that different things affect different people. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that is a half life on the quest. Like I said, go check it out if you're interested. Uh, but let's jump into some quick news then. And the first thing I want to talk about today is that after this very show, we're going to be hosting an event in Alt Space to celebrate 100 episodes of this F Reality podcast. Uh, we're all going to be there. So if you want to come along and hang out with us, maybe ask us some questions, there's going to be a dedicated server event in uh, Alt Space yep. that you can find in the events tab. That's right, Zim. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also it's in the description of this live stream right now. Yeah. You, you won't um, be able to miss it if you log into Altspace. It's, it'll be on one of the top two, three events. So the other thing I yeah. would say is uh, there's a reason. We're all gamers, right? And in our space, which is a party bus, there is a treasure hunt. And Ooh. so if you come along, you're going to help us beat it. Now, the one thing that the developers have backed off on is their multi-instancing. So unfortunately, there is a, there is a, a player cap 
of 40. So if you're not in the first 40, you'll not be able to join. Um, I will be casting it. So uh, for those who aren't able to make it in, uh, you can still watch. Awesome. And we've been talking about doing this for such a long time. So yeah. it would be awesome if you can make it to celebrate it with us. Uh, so that will be after the show at 9 p.m. in Europe. 8 p.m. in the UK and 2 p.m. in Central US in Altspace. You can also sideload Altspace on the Quest if you're using a Quest. Yeah. So that is that. Yep. So next up is the red hot news this week that No Man's Sky will be coming to PSVR and PC VR headsets less than two weeks away on the 14th of August. Wow. Wow. Finally. Oh. The hype is real. Now, this VR support will come in the form of a free update to the base game, and the update is called Beyond. Now, I picked up uh, No Man's Sky uh, a few weeks back in anticipation of this update, and it was 50% off in the Steam Summer Sale. Yeah, uh, me too. Same here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we all saw it and was like, yep, definitely, this is the time to buy it. Um, but there's still plenty of deals around to be found online uh, from CD key websites, uh, for example. You can generally pick it up on PC for around 20 bucks uh, if you want to be prepared for when the update drops. Now, I've never actually played the game uh, before at all, so I'm yeah, planning same. to play it for the first time in VR. I only, I only booted it up once to see, like, you know, what does it work? You know, how what what is like the feeling of the game? Um, and I'm very curious to how they implemented virtuality into this. I'm really, really curious about that. I really hope that this is like the first kind of like uh, 2D game that gets proper VR implementation. I really hope that that is like wow. a, a thing. I want to, I want my hand interaction to be. Well, good. Everyone who has been talking about this is almost sure it's going to be good for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. where that comes from. Uh, we still get a C, of course, but uh... I think uh, like IGN, uh, PC Gamer, Polygon were all invited to a, a pre sort of for press sure. event like mm -hmm. a few months back and they all posted glowing reviews uh, saying that they were very excited for it. Um, but mm, Zim, okay. have you been playing this one um, before as well or not no i've held off of no man's sky specifically and i'm i'm over the moon excited for this one for the reason that the games that i count as like my favorite vr games things like hellblade subnautica skyrim are all games that were initially double or triple a titles then vr mm -hmm. was bolted on as support later and I know Rowdy has some concerns with controls systems i generally don't and i'm a little bit more mm -hmm. forgiving on that space so for me, this thing, I, I, I'm trying to reduce my hype level because I'm like, don't get excited and then get your heart broken. But at the same time, it looks really good. Uh, we've been through this cycle before uh, with this team behind No Man's Sky before. Obviously, their initial launch was pretty plagued. Everyone knows about that. Um, they hyped it up to the moon. And then there's all those sad trumpet videos. Hmm. Um, but I, I kind of buy it. I buy into it now. You know, they, Usually, if a game like that doesn't do what it's meant to, you give it two years in the cooker and it comes out as something beautiful. So oh, yeah. I think we're looking at a diamond now, not... Yeah. Oh yeah, but the the, the, the later reviews have all been quite positive, positive Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it made I a mean, good comeback. The, the, I'm still thinking this launch on VR will be buggy. I'm, I'm still thinking that. I'm mm -hmm. still thinking it will be buggy. The VR yeah. side. Love the bugs. I think so. I love the bugs. Mm. But alongside VR support, of course, uh, Hello Games have also implemented new social and multiplayer experiences yep. so players can meet up and play together, whether using a, a you know a, a pancake monitor or, or a VR headset. So that's really cool that you can have that cross-play. Uh, but a bit like you guys, you know, like I, I, I'm just really curious about how it plays. I'm just excited to jump into a cockpit of a starship and blast my way across the universe and just explore some planets and you know build some stuff together like if we could play together that'd be really cool it, it kind of sounds like 
the dream game yeah. that we've always dreamt of as a kid, you know, being able to, you know, fly across the stars and explore to your heart's content because mm-hmm. the game's practically infinite in that sense. And, right? the be- and the beautiful side of this is cockpit games are comfortable inherently, which means mm-hmm. that if you're new to VR and you're like, oh, I really want to play this, it looks exciting. But actually cockpit games are one of the more, more um, uh, accessible VR experiences. So I'm, I'm really hopeful for it. If they delivered, they're going to get a lot of audience on this. Yeah, so that, that's something that still makes me like wonder, like how the VR integration will work. Because I mean, I'm assuming it will still be like when you, when you, because a lot of the thing is just walking around and collecting resources and that kind of stuff. Is how do the integration work from walking around to going into a cockpit? Like th- those are things that I'm going to be paying attention to as well. Because I still, I'm, st- I'm not expecting it, but I'm hoping that it did something special with that as well. That you don't like just phase into like oh whoop, and you're in the cockpit now so, so, something that other space cockpit. sims have not done well uh, in that space is uh, controller support so i remember like elite dangerous took some time to get like hotas support and stuff like that some people prefer mouse and keyboard um e valkyrie for instance never supported mouse and keyboard so a friend of mine's like i'm not playing it unless they do mouse and keyboard and some of you might think you're flying a spaceship with mouse and keyboard over like hotas or a controller but some people prefer that uh, same mm-hmm. thing with driving sims like if you don't you know, give at least the basic support for the like really um, popular game controllers, then your launch can be a little bit, huh? Um, and, and that could be bolted a couple of months on later. The thing I'm worried about, the servers on the 14th, I guarantee you are going to fuck up and crash. I guarantee it now. It, there, there's no way this level of hype is going to be met without a server crash. They, they're going to have problems. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of those things that, you know, it could be everything we've always dreamed of. And if that's true, then it's going to seriously hamper my productivity. <laughs> so if, if you don't see me again after the 14th, then you know where to find me. I'll be exploring the, next the stars. three weeks are cancelled. Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rowdy's got a PhD to submit, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. Can't be distracted. Um, so yeah, that is No Man's Sky coming on the 14th of August. Very, very excited. We're all hyped for it. It's going to be interesting because this is going to be the first time we've all played it and it's going to be in VR. So, uh, we'll obviously report back, uh, what we think. Uh, but if you're an Oculus Quest owner right now and you're feeling a little bit left out because of all the No Man's Sky hype, then don't worry. We've got you covered with a space adventure of your own. And that's because this week the team at Vertical Robot announced that Red Matter is coming to the Oculus Quest. This is awesome news, right? Very good. Yeah. It is. Especially like we, looking we, at we, it. Looking we, at it is like, what? Yeah, we, we've mentioned Red Matter on the show so many times before, like Nathie said at the beginning. It's kind of one of those games that we kind of hyped up because it was one of those hidden gems. Um, and if you've never heard of it, it's basically like a story-driven puzzle game. You play this um, Agent Epsilon, who's like an astronaut, sent on a secret mission to sort of investigate a an abandoned moon base uh, on one of the moons of Saturn. Mm. And... Like the puzzle design in this game is super clever. So if you enjoy puzzle games, you'll enjoy this one. But it's like the the, controller design. Exactly. It's the hand interactions are just next level in this game. Some of the best I've ever seen in VR, in fact, because Mm. your hands in game are actually holding controllers because you're an astronaut in a in a in a spacesuit. So you've got these kind of controllers that have these like pincers, robotic pincers that come out of them, and it feels really natural and one to one to use them. Yeah, and it's I'm weird like, that not not any any other dev out there has really done something like they did in Red Matter. Uh, no. Yeah, and, and what I also think that that they did very well uh, in the PC version is the counterweight you have. Like oh, objects don't just correct. fly away. Uh, not everything is super light. You have 
different and forces to play with. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's very polished. It's very solid. How another dev hasn't copied ways, that that crab claw design? Because when I first tried this, I got to demo and I was really lucky. I was um, helping out the the SciTech Games team for doing Windlands Two show off at uh, at OC Four, and just the booth like kind of near them. Um, I got to meet Tatiana and the team from Red Matter uh, from the from sorry. Vertical robot. Vertical robot. Um, and got to play Red Matter. I know nothing about it. Walked into it. I was like, oh shit, you solved hand presence for me in controllers. And no one else that I've seen has copied that where you, you're clutching, as you described it, Mike, you're clutching controls, which change based on what mode you select. Mm-hmm. And then, like Nathie said, when you combine that with this counterweighting system, beautiful. Feels yeah. great, super. Of course, natural. It, w- it won't work for every game, you know. They they no. implemented it really well in the in the storyline of the because that was also like you know you have the storyline, you have the hand to hand interaction, mm-hmm. you have the audio design. There were a lot of things in that game that were just really well done, like just really right. well done. People yeah. are asking how long the game is. I know Mike, you're the only one who I think from us beat it. Yeah, it's I think five, it was like four, four to five hours, four five. I, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. The story is is creepy, by the way. It's got like some horror light oh, wow. elements to it, uh, but it is intriguing. Uh, but the puzzles really are the thing that really stood out for me. Uh, but like you say, you know, when you got when you approach these like big space bulkhead doors and you're trying to open the valve, they feel heavy. And like Nathie said, they they nail that suit so well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's a, it's a great game. I think it's going to look great on the quest. They've been showcasing some um, special effects they've been adding, so they've clearly been working uh, behind the scenes a lot to polish this game up to kind of put it on par with mm. how it looks on PC because it's a very good looking game on PC and I think it's going to be one of the best looking quest games from what we've seen from their little teaser reel that they posted this week so far so it's going to be a treat for the eyes we wait to see how it performs and whether or not the quest heats up I'm still curious as developers start pushing the boundaries of the of the console and finding tricks that help tune their games things will just like on a console like an Xbox when Xbox launched the first title didn't look the prettiest, didn't run the mm-hmm. best, you know. Um, over time, they they find those tricks. So this is like one of the first steps that we've seen in that direction where it's like, well, if it can look that pretty and run well, we've mm-hmm. got other better, we've got even, you know, better looking things coming at us in the next year or two. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's going to be coming out on Quest on the 15th of August. So mm. while everyone's playing No Man's Sky, you Quest owners can enjoy a bit of red meta. So in the chat, we have someone who's watching the show right now and says... Greetings from 30,000 feet up between the Bermuda Islands and Boston. Wow, that is epic, Delta man. Airlines. That yeah. is awesome. Like, airlines have Wi-Fi now. That is so crazy to think <laughs> about. It's also crazy to think about that people don't smoke on airlines. Like, people used to smoke on airlines, I mean, oh, yeah. like, back in the day. Yeah. Lads, in honor of this... Can we get a can we get a flappy bird for the flyer? Can we get a flappy bird for the flyer, please? We, we know we know part of the was this to get part of the Mile High Club. You need to get uh, <laughs> exactly. You, you need to watch a stream. I I, I never thought that, we would we would it? be able to go to you know the moon soon. Amazing, amazing. Thank you for letting us know. By the way, we really appreciate that. <laughs> Seems legit, right? Any of you yeah. done that as well? Because I've I've played at twelve thousand feet poker, but anyone else? No. Nothing multi- because multiplayer stuff is really cool. Yeah, I guess that's a lot of stuff on uh, that height, but not poker. Yeah. No, not not for this podcast, Rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about um, Virtual Link and the Valve Index. Some disappointing news this week, especially for me. Uh, Virtual Link, if you're not aware, is a USB-C connector. It was agreed upon as a standard moving forward for all VR headsets. So like. Uh, big names like Oculus, HTC, NVIDIA, Valve, Microsoft, they all got together 
they all had a nice little meeting together and they all agreed that using a single USB-C connector for video, USB and power for VR headsets in the future would make sense, which I totally agree with. It does. Now, NVIDIA was one of the first out of the gates to implement this new connector to their 20 series graphics cards. Uh, so it's called Virtual Link. Uh, and there's some adapters out there you can buy actually for the original Oculus Rift um, from Acel, which converts the HDMI and USB into a single USB-C connector that you can use with your new NVIDIA card if you uh, bought one. It also works on Windows MR, by the way, thanks to a friend of the show, VoodooDE, for letting us know about that. Wow. Um, but however, due to the uh, the recent shift, a lot of headsets now are using DisplayPort connections like the Index and the Rift S both use DisplayPort. So these adapters don't work anymore. Uh, and we don't have an adapter on the market that works to convert these uh, DisplayPort connections to virtual link, unfortunately. So when the Index went up for pre-order, I was really excited to see that Valve were yeah. offering their own virtual link adapter themselves that you could pre-order with the, with the bundle, which I did. Yeah. Um, and they said that they were going to be shipping them out separately at the end of the July. So I was thinking, you know, we'll get it pretty soon. Yeah. But yesterday I got an email from Valve saying, um, we have decided to cancel the product and refund all orders made for it. We are refunding the full amount of your purchase and adding £17 to your Steam wallet. So I appreciate, you know, they've given me a little cheeky bonus and they've actually explained why. So this is kind of cool that they've been transparent about it at least. Uh, and they said that the adapter cable was originally meant to provide an added convenience for Valve Index users, making it so they could rely on a single connection rather than using the separate video power and USB. However, for multiple technical reasons, we no longer believe that the product would deliver that added convenience. Foremost on that list is reliability. Our current testing indicates that VR connection may fail to establish a, in a reliable manner. So they're saying that basically in their further testing, it wasn't really working out. Oh, that's strange, no? I mean, since this is going to be like the standard for yeah. virtual reality. Yeah. Like wait. And they also go on to say that additionally, virtual link technology has not been widely adopted by manufacturers, laptops in particular, where I guess they were hoping that they could like Im infiltrate the laptop hmm. gamer market Who's gonna there. Who's going to play a Valve Index on the laptop? I, that doesn't make well, sense. Well, I've got a, I recently bought a, P, uh, a laptop to play with the Rift S, but again, I have a similar problem. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a small audience, I would say. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's weird that they're already calling out that there hasn't been wide adoption in it when the technology hasn't even started yet. Yeah. <laughs> and they could have been the ones that helped kickstart it, you know? Yeah, this seems um, so uh, nascent. And the, the thing that I'm, I'm, again, as a certified electrical electronic engineer is you specify the the specification of of the port and what power can carry and the amperage all that the note that i saw that they sent you mike seems to indicate that it's unstable hmm. yeah but we don't know whether this is valve's implementation of it that makes it unstable or that virtual link as a whole is unstable or not suitable for display port we just don't know yet because no one's Weird. done it before um so it, but also it, no also no one wants to call it out that it might not work in general because then you're the one that is breaking the news so i i, I feel like there's some rumbling going on mm. uh, behind the scenes that we don't know of because they can all say that they want to support it and they want to you know move on with virtual link in the near future but do they really want to and is it even possible at this moment you just think with a, a big backer like NVIDIA that are already implementing it. And I, having had having used it, like with my original Rift, yeah. you know, it was weird timing because the the adapter from A-Cell arrived like a week before the Rift S arrived. So I literally only used it for a week and then I have no use for it anymore. 
but it was nice because it is just a single connector in the back of your PC and you can free up other ports, you know, uh, especially if you're running multiple monitors, for example. So it is useful. Uh, and personally, I think it's a real shame because I was looking forward to having the index connected to the USB-C connector and my Rift S connected to mm, the display yeah. port so I could run both headsets yeah. at the same time. Um, but it's just one of those and, things. And then you called Gabe Newell and what happened? Yeah, he didn't reply, unfortunately. You no. know? So Gabe, if you're listening... Typical, you know, typical. Sort, sort of. Out and hang on, hang on. You you mentioned something which I think hardware enthusiasts or anyone looking for a laptop might be interested in. So you bought a laptop thinking that you'd use it with a Rift S, is it? Yeah. What did you get? Uh, so I actually, so I bought it. So full disclosure, I bought it as an editing uh, workstation on the go because I was using a Mac previously, uh, and when I was going to YouTube, I needed a a, a, a decent laptop to be able to run the VR Creator Lab. So, so not I, a Mac then. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I bought a, a Razer, a Razer Blade um, with a tw with a 2070 in it, uh, which is a bit of a beast. Uh, nice. But it can it can play the Rift S um, from the laptop using the little uh, mini DisplayPort adapter. Works pretty well. Um, so that's yeah, nice. If you're interested. Yeah, we used them. I'd never seen those before. I did. I went out um, did the, do a poker promotion in, in VRLA. But yeah, they're really weird. They're super teeny little thing. Yeah, the, the mini display port. Yeah, it is for sure. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's a shame that Valve obviously canceled this. I thought it was going to be a cool product. Um, still no word from Valve about the controller issues either. No. Um, but hopefully but maybe, again. Maybe, maybe like the stability is only for like the higher frame rates. Could be, could be. But still for the convenience, I, would, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, just give, me, give me the thing I ordered, please. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully A-Cell can um, make a display port version of it. You know no. that would be super useful. I did ask them no. uh, when they sent me the, the the original one out if you if they were planning to, no. and they did say so. But so were you considering oh, uh, actually using your laptop with the index in any situation, or no? Oh no no no, just on the go. Like you know, <laughs> say if I wanted to show a friend, I could take it around there or do something like that. Okay. So yeah. so Marco has a tip. He, he he said that you you don't call or email Lord Gaben, but you you pray to him. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. if we want our controllers to be fixed, then we should all pray together. Yeah. <laughs> Moment of silence. I don't have controllers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is Virtual Link. Bit of, bit of disappointing news. I know that yep. Tyrion Wood and Cass and Cherry were all disappointed F. as well. Uh, so it's Can a shame. Imagine. But to perk us up a little bit, let's talk about Respawn uh, because they're going to be at OC6 uh, because this is going to be at Oculus Connect. Now, if you're not sure what Oculus Connect is, it's a yearly event hosted by Oculus in San Jose, California. They generally announce new hardware there show off the new games, get you all hyped up for the basically the year to come. And then, then they give you updates about how the industry is going and, and what they plan to do to sort of push forward. So this year will be the sixth Kinect. Uh, I've been to the last two. The one that uh, Zim was talking about where he played Red Matter for the first time, which was OC4. Yep. We actually met there for the first time. So Red Matter wasn't the only magical moment for him at the show there. He obviously got to meet me as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It was the day after he calls oh, me. He's wow. like, hey, come over to Mixer. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, it's a great show, uh, especially, you know, uh, to meet developers. I think it's a great place to meet developers, talk about, you know, their upcoming projects, try the latest games. Uh, if you're interested in going to OC6, registrations are open right now. Uh, it takes place on the 25th and 26th of September. Tickets are quite pricey. They're 399 US dollars. But it is more of an industry event uh, than a, like a public event, although you can oh, still apply as a member of the public to go. Now, so, wait, wait, go wait. So that means or going to Oculus Connect 
or buy a new headset that is coming out. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. like, you know, as a member of the public, <laughs> then... That's why they priced it that way. You're no. going to buy the headset. Although on previous uh, events, they have given away free headsets, but don't rely on that because we, we <laughs> like didn't... Mike, like last time, last time at Oculus Connect, Mike was like, yeah, but maybe, maybe they're going to, you know, have something under our, uh, you know... Cheers, but but well, they don't do that down, anymore. Mike was like chicken is shared into you it's F8. If you, you want to get something, you got to go to F8. That's, That's where true. you get free stuff. Yeah. That's true. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> it is a great event, especially if you're all part of the industry, but you can apply as a member of the public. Uh, but this year, Oculus teased about AR. So it's going to be interesting to see if they've got some new AR hardware to show off at the event. But mm. alongside that, to get super excited about, is that Oculus VP Jason Rubin announced that they're going to be unveiling, finally, the respawn title that has been in the works for like what two years now yeah, maybe even three, three. Well, did they specifically say that they would be launching it or that they would be Un providing un more information unveiling it and people will be able to demo it at the show is what they said okay yeah so, okay. so we're all going to be there um or rowdy's yet to confirm if he can make it or not because he's got his phd uh going on at the moment but hopefully we're all going to be there so hopefully we can do yeah. a podcast like we did last time from the show floor oh yeah uh, give you all the latest news from the show so that'd be really cool but i thought i'd talk about maybe what we think this respawn title could be uh because there's been a lot of hype around it it's been 84 been... years <laughs> although they've been really quiet about it <laughs> i know people that have played it at oculus and say it's really great but that's all i know yeah, but, oh, they, we, actually, but, they, but every game they play, they, they like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not, have you ever heard them say like, hmm, the games we make in collaboration with our developers are not that good. Terrible. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but, so to give you some tips, to give you some little hints, we know it's a shooter. So it could be maybe Apex Legend, which is a respawn title. Or it could be Titanfall, which is also a respawn title. Or it could be something completely different. Or, or, I've got or, my a, Halo, or a Halo recruit game. Mm, I don't think it's going to be Halo, but what do you guys think? What, any guesses? Any any sort of thoughts? Um, I mean, well, it is a Mac game. I, I I do think still it's a Mac game. Yeah. Okay. I gonna, uh, yeah. yeah. Go on, Zim. Yeah. I was going to say I'm I'm swinging more towards. We haven't had enough of the <laughs> the last 15 years of World War II games. I'm going to swing that way. I know I know Titan. You know Titanfall. There, there, there have been like some rumors around that. Yeah. Yeah. But I I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it will, but just for the purposes of like guessing, yeah, let's. I'll, right. I'll take I'll take the World War Two card just because I think that like playing things like the original Medal of Honor and stuff like that, you know, in that wave when like World War Two shooters were like the thing on on desktop, they were really good. We haven't done mm. that in immersive territory, and um, mm. you know, Battlefield's been pushing a lot of that stuff with the kind of World War One techie sim, and you could do that in VR. And I've seen a lot of kind of the bigger companies now going for safe game mechanic combinations and then just bringing them into VR with their skills and their prowess. And I think that a studio like that could easily, not easily, sorry, not easily, but with their blood, sweat and tears, bring that title to fruition. So, the only someone, thing we really know is that it's a shooter, but we don't really know someone kind of shooter. in the chat said Dead Space 4. I would love Dead Space 4. I, 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 would, I would love to have a co-op Dead Space VR mm -hmm. game. Oh, oh yeah. man, yeah. I'd go for that. I want something. I want something horrifying. I haven't done nothing for a long time. But as far as I know, it's not going to be Titanfall because EA is not involved in any way with this no, project. I, I so don't it's think not it's going, going to be, to be a, Titanfall a specific title. It's not going to be like something yeah. that they've no, worked on before. It's, it's going to be something stand, new, standalone. Yeah. And also, really? you need to realize that Titanfall Two didn't didn't sell that well either. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think they want to, you know. Uh, but as you said, they have certain roots, and you will 
see that back in the games they make. Um, the only thing that I am going to say here is that I saw this discussion on Twitter of someone saying, I hope it's not going to be a multiplayer game. And then mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I kind of want this to be a single player too. I mm-hmm. want this to be a good shooter mm-hmm. with a nice story that plays like a movie, just like Half-Life. Well, yeah, I, I think I think we're all sort of on the right lines because I pulled apart the teaser trailer. I was like really sort of going through it methodically. And there's some comments that they make in this teaser trailer uh, that sort of hint at what they're working on. So let me let me give you those sort of like hints. So the first thing they say is war and combat have become no war and combat have been part of human civilization since the beginning. People have a fascination for what it must be like. At Respawn, it's about creating an authentic experience. We really want to depict being a soldier in combat in a more fully fleshed out and realistic way. We won't be satisfied until we're working on a game that will have an impact on the industry. So I think... So it's not a mag game, though. No, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a mag game. It it sounds like it's going to be like a, a military game grounded in realism, whether it's in World War II or a modern day setting not quite sure but i do think like one of you guys said it's going to be a brand new ip that we've probably never heard of before yeah, but sure. if this really sort of if this is like the modern warfare 4 for example of vr then it could prove to be you know a pivotal point in the vr industry yeah but modern well, warfare multiplayer like, wise or single no, 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 player no, single wise. player single yeah, player yeah, yeah. Well, what do okay. they mean with like an authentic like realistic or like how they foresee it to be in the future or like, well, like there's still like well, a lot of like gray areas when, when, I, when i read this it, it sounds very similar to what um the guys at infinity ward are saying right now yeah. in terms of modern warfare the reboot yeah. right and, and i'm excited True. for that as well by the way so if they can bring something like that that's very gritty kind of realistic yeah. then i'm i'm all in for it for sure so i'm i'm super excited for it i i hope it's a modern day uh sort of modern warfare type shooter but i would be happy with a, a world war ii shooter as well I'm getting, like zim yeah. said I'm, but i'm getting pangs of some of the earlier um demonstrations that we got i don't remember the titles but there was one where there was like a cave-in in a world war one uh i think they played it as well where you, where you walked along a trench and then you got to this bit and it caved in and it was this whole kind of memoriam to soldiers who died in world war one and, and i think you know, trench life, those kinds of bits mixed with kind of an America's Army, if anyone knows mm-hmm. that game. Oh, yeah. America's oh, yeah. Army, you know, yeah, very yeah. detailed in terms of, you know, the whole weapon modeling system, um, all the kind of grueling nitty details that haven't been touched on so far. Uh, you can do that. You can do that even HUD free almost through VR where you couldn't have done that before. And, and it would stand out, as you said, Mike, it would stand out as a. Yeah. Uh, really oppressive type it might even be single player might be onto something we have seen so many futuristic uh, games so far we're usually not going back in time although I I, I'm totally open for that but I feel like it's going to be something set in the future and not in the past and the end I do expect it I do expect it to be a little bit more like slow paced then now that I hear that saying like if they go for like an authentic realistic kind of like yep it's not going to be like well, and blazing enemies then, which not, I, I think is an interesting approach because it against like adds to like the, the, the immersion and the realism of playing a VR title. Because yeah. I still think that playing a VR title is very different from playing like a game on like a, a pancake monitor. Like, True. Uh, and like, we also yeah. need to know that Oculus is involved. So they have a certain roadmap too. And they also had certain idea of, ideas of how a game should be from a baseline. So mm-hmm. maybe they... 
maybe they wanted to go crazy and be like, hey, let's do, I don't know, wall running and wall jumping because there are not that many VR games where you can like decently wall run and jump mm. to the other side. So it also depends. It could be kind of toned down gameplay wise in what you can do. Or maybe it's like, you know, because we have also seen like for me, Marvel Powers United was a surprise where you could walk around. Well, mm. usually Oculus was always like, okay, people that are new to VR, they got to teleport before they walk around. So it also depends on what, who, who this game is yeah. for. If they want to have this game as a bundle, then there are certain aspects that will, will change in favor of the new consumers that are going to play it as well. I don't know, because like we've seen a lot with the Quest that they've gone just straight... F- uh, locomotion options like like Raccoon exactly. Lagoon, for example, is just full locomotion. But, but this one has been in development for a while, yeah. so it kind of yeah. depends. I hope it's not going to be outdated in I that think, sense. I think that from from a mechanics perspective, I think Mike, your observation is is on. Like I think they're that cat's out of the bag. Like they're comfortable now that people want smooth loco mm. and they're okay to include that as a standard build. But the one thing that you said in terms of that quote that you gave there, that citation, and what Rowdy was saying. You could go for something that was like either World War One, World War Two combat, but like tension, you know, like building yeah. on the tension. Yeah. And like you can't I've not seen a game do that yet. Like where where you're like you're 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 worried about getting your head shut off or whatever and like really yeah. make it a serious title. Well, I mean, if if I'm gonna pick one title that that did I present warfare in a completely different manner was uh Spec Ops the Line. Oh yeah, that game was standout. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for it. I really do hope it's like a modern day shooter. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, uh, I just hope it has been cooked uh, for, for in, a, in a way where it's, you know, ready to go. Because with the factor, you're waiting for this game for two, three years, and then in the end it comes out, and then it sucks. <laughs> and this one has been also, you know, hyped up for a while. And, and this is a great studio, by the way. This is an awesome studio. I love this studio. But I'm, it's I'm like sometimes the they chat. wait for too long, right? And then I'm, I'm just reading the chat, I'm, and I'm loving like some of the suggestions. There are people like saying like, "Oh, maybe it's like a parkour game, like mirrors <laughs> ads beats Call of Duty." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but if you Mirror's think about edge. it. Like say say onward for example, if you take onward, like if a game had those kind of gunplay mechanics, but with a, a really cool single player story narrative, mm-hmm. that would be a really cool game. And this is the thing with a lot of the military games that we've got in VR right now, they're all multiplayer shooters, so you have to kind of yeah. make up your own story, your own adventure. Um, yeah. You know, I, I want like, bad company. That's what I want. I'm a I'm an old school <laughs> battlefield company, yeah. fan. I want like a battlefield Vietnam or a bad company title in VR, please. It, like oh, yeah. it's second on my list down from Left 4 Dead or a Left 4 Dead like mm-hmm. equivalent. And again, I don't just want Left 4 Dead ported to VR. I want the Tetris effect okay. of Left 4 Dead in VR. I want them to yeah. do new bring, things with it. No, no, dude. Like bring us a new Brothers in Arms in VR, a Delta sure. Force in yeah. VR. Jeez, Delta Force. Yeah. Make I'd all lo- the games. Yeah, I'd love to jump out of a, the back of a plane with a parachute oh. down into the battlefield in VR. Imagine, be so like, badass. being in his helicopter with four of your friends, you know, yeah. Delta Force style, and then you have to infiltrate into this house, and it's going all crazy. You have no idea what's happening. Hell yeah. That's my jam. Yeah. Right. So there we go. Now that we've got you all hyped, hopefully we'll find out in, what, two months' time? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that is uh, Respawn, going to be at OC6. Let's talk about uh, releases then. Let's hand it over to Zim for the lowdown on the releases for next week. The games that you should be playing, sometimes the games that you shouldn't be playing. <laughs> I've got some of those. You always oh, tempt God. me with this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, anytime there's like 
not too many major releases out, I go for something a little bit dodgy. Actually, one I included this time simply because of something the dev wrote in their write-up on Steam, and I'm, I'll save that one for the last. Best for last. So... <laughs> First up, uh, this one is uh, called The Five Cores Remastered, uh, which is something that I had no idea about, hadn't seen it before, but apparently it was out previously. So this thing is um, uh, is a basically an unabashed mist clone. Um, so if you're like mm. stuck waiting, if like me, you enjoyed Cyan's abduction and you're waiting uh, fervently for Firmament to come out, which was kickstarted, but that's mm. not coming to us before next year. Um, then this game might fill, you know, your appetite. It's uh, about 20 pounds sterling, so probably about $23. Um, it's PC VR, so you can pick it up on Steam. Uh, it's by Mathieu Goubi, uh, and this launched, it landed on, uh, the, on July 30th, so just a couple of days ago. Mm. So I saw this one, and I thought, geez, um, basically you're, you're on a boat, uh, it gets totally destroyed, you must find a way to go back home. A series of puzzles. Um, I would say that before Rowdy jumps on me and starts beating me with a log. I already saw it. Yeah, I already the... saw it. <laughs> Warning, <laughs> it is VR supported. So this means don't expect full touch controls. It's kind of like Skyrim in that way. Um, you interact with it in, in, in that way. So yes, Rowdy, uh, I don't think this one's going to be for you necessarily. <laughs> that's, that's called The Five Cores Remastered. Remastered because this game came out, I think, about 20 years ago. Uh, hang in here. No, no, The Five Cores released in 2012. Um, but, you know, this is like a, an upscale version of it. I think you can play it outside of VR as well. So if someone's like really keen and likes their puzzle games, because um, there aren't that many of these out. I remember back in the day with Mist and Riven landing and just gawking at the boxes. I was in the Caribbean at the time. We went into this like little air-conditioned computer shop and I would just like pick the boxes up and like... <laughs> gazed at them, wonder what it would be like. I don't think I ever the, actually the, played Mist. The days of physical boxes, as in, you know, <sighs> swinging the lamp here, man. I've got a title today <laughs> that's landing in a physical yeah. box. Uh, yeah. I've, got, I've got everything covered. So here we go. Um, next one is Rad TV, which reminded me of Mad TV. Um, <laughs> this is like a, this is another one on, on Steam, so PC VR. Um, landed August 2nd, that's yesterday. It's only six pounds, uh, so pretty cheap. But it's basically hot seat multiplayer. So if you've got a couple of friends out, it's a pity that this only just landed now. I could have used this at my barbecue. Um, but this thing is basically a 25 different kind of mini games, very much like WarioWare or those kinds of games, but um, where you're, you're competing against friends to do better. So basically it's kind of, I'll wear the headset, bam, 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 bam. You do the headset, you know, and, and flip between them. And it gives you a random assortment of tasks and you try to best your buddies. So it's um, hot seat local co-op with two to six players. So it is really good for like a house party or something like that. And actually the, um, the styling of the game is quite cartoony, but well fleshed out. And I, I can say just from the trailer, um, looks like a fun bit of things between, you know, smashing bottles or stuffing your face with burgers. Looks mm. like a bit of a fun game. I don't know. Yeah. Could this is guys... like a, finally a game where I can unlock more hands. Usually, <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I can, I can, I, I, yeah, you can unlock 25 different hands according to this trailer. I True. think that's awesome. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, yeah, I won't mention that. But that's all right. Thanks for picking that one. <laughs> yeah, the hands. I mean, it is good at progression in games, especially like that, because otherwise, uh, what are you shooting for? Some people it really is... don't like a couch co-op right it's not couch. online multiplayer because no. mike and i were like no. oh wow hey fun game let's play it and I, oh wait mike needs to be on my couch right now well what, that's you going might... to be a problem i so something that we used to use for land gaming i'm trying to remember the name of it but it used to use like a vpn tunnel between connections yeah maybe you're thinking you of a uh, parsec like uh no it started with an h but oh. 
um, so, someone who's from like the land gaming days of the '90s and early 2000s um, will will remind me what it is. But anyway, I won't labor on it. I've got two other games to tell you about. So. Um, the Angry Birds Movie 2 VR under pressure game is landing. Um, An- another Angry Birds VR game. Another Angry, Angry Birds title. We already had oh. some, oh, but okay. apparently it wasn't enough. So there's more coming now. Wow. Um, I like that it warns for comic mischief. This one is interesting to me because the straight the straight off thing that I would say I compare it to for those who are listening and not watching is um, overcooked. So that you have essentially your kitchen in front of you. You're, you're driving a submarine. And three couch players, again, this is another couch co-op game, are playing as your crew in front of you. And what are they doing? They're um, putting together torpedoes, grabbing the loot that the captain, who's the VR player and driving the submarine, is, is grabbing and storing that. So you've got a number of different tasks, but they're running around. You've got the classic, what's this thing called again? The Magna Shot. So that uh, giant magnet that you used to fling the Angry Birds. And so you use that to move your players from section to section in the in the crew section. Um, and all the while, you're piloting this submarine to safety. And so your job as the captain is essentially to move this thing along safely, gather loot, clear obstacles that can be a number of undersea things, and get to the finale with your, with your uh, friends on the couch or frenemies who are um, helping or hindering your progress. So sounds like it could be a bit of fun. Wait, wait, wait. I- are we still talking about Angry Birds? We're talking about Angry Birds. This is nothing like the other Angry Birds title. This is totally different. I was going to ask the same thing. I'm like, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's weird. It's like they glued Overcooked together with, I don't know, a really basic framework of Subnautica. I I feel like the the IP of Angry Birds isn't that expensive because I have seen so many <laughs> VR games come out based on this, based on Angry Birds. And everyone does something else. Sometimes like, oh, do these tie in with each other? No, they're all like random, random games. They're they're very odd. This one, like after its launch, I wonder how well this thing is going to do. Because it's a complicated title that doesn't, you know, from the title of the game, which I'll read again, the Angry Birds (laughs) movie to VR under pressure. Do you take from that that it's a couch co-op local multiplayer game for between, you know, for four players, one one in VR and three co-op. How do you what sell this game? What were they smoking? What was this coming out on? This I'm is uh, so. This is uh, PSVR exclusive. Oh, <laughs> it's it's just to hype up the movie. I mean, it's even it's movie is even in the title of it's this la- game. It's <laughs> landing on the same day as the movie. So oh, August that's 6th, a funny coincidence. This lands, <laughs> and and the weird news we don't get we don't get news like this often. I, I don't think I've ever shared. So they get the digital release of August 6th, right? Yeah, yeah. Then you get a boxed version of this a month later on September 6th. Okay. Weird. Okay. Weird. It does it does sound like a fun game though, but it does it's sound like, like a fun you know, game. Uh, Angry Birds, what's going on? It's, so it's a partnership between Rovio and XR Games. Um it's 26.99. The price I think is punishing. If it was half that price, for, I think it would do all right. What is that? <laughs> it's, it's an ad. <laughs> You're paying for an ad, but basically, so one player's in VR and the other players are using the DualShock controllers with the the PlayStation. Yeah. So you need oh, three controllers. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So you 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 are using the screen. Yeah. That's right. Okay, okay, that makes sense. You know that Astrobot originally was also a game like that, where you know it was screen really? versus oh. yeah. It's like this demo on the on the disc. It was all Astrobot. I'm kind of yeah. glad they didn't go that way because I, I, it's a niche of a niche. Now I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad they've done it because it's weird and and that space is actually really cool for VR being able to do that, especially with as I've 
highlighted with my failed rec room experiment with players who maybe aren't as comfortable in VR, you can still allow them to be part of the party. And so now yeah. we've got Rad TV and Angry Birds for PC and PSVR. Final game. Drum roll, please. Small drum roll. Small drum roll. Thank you. Ninja Legends. All right, Ninja Legends. This had dropped moves before. Moves to Mixer. No. Is coming. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Moves to Mixer. So for 16 quid, this is landing for Quest August 8th. And I thought we would share some Quest news anyway. I am, um, I am, I am, I'm worried for this title. Um, and I will describe it as I play it. So this is the best I can describe it is a wave slicer. Um, a, so wave slicer? A, wave, a wave slicer? A wave slicer. So does that the, include fruit and stuff like that? There's no fruit, only humans. Oh, oh yeah. okay. You have to you have to create basically you know anti ninja genocide um, with bows oh. and so weapons. It's and claws. not so it's not fruit ninja. It's not fruit ninja. Oh god, it's just don't, ninja. Don't okay, it, don't get okay. it confused. Um, but it it the thing that I have to pick on this is the this is the line I wanted to call out. By design, there's no running away. There's no hiding. You must fight. But I'm a feckin' ninja! Uh, so <laughs> it's like, why can't I hide? I don't understand. Isn't that the whole point of being a feckin' ninja? Anyway, so it's a wave slicer. Um, one thing I have to hand to the dev, aside from their summoning of shinobi powers that they call out in the trailer. Shinobi powers? Shin I don't know, shinobi powers, yes. There's, there's magic. Shinobi. You can't hide, but there's magic. Is that sli slicing people up with claws, like Wolverine? Mm. looks pretty rad and you do slice them into like multiple segments you know like resident evil movie style so that bit i thought looked good but does this game entice me no uh go go it's not fruit ninja it's cringe ninja it's cringe ninja and they've even got big head mode um oh no i just saw that in the trailer go oh. go 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 buy sirento instead i think it was uh, Seabass who said earlier that um sirento has had some material updates in in terms of graphic fidelity extra game modes okay, so good. um Go buy Sirento, hmm. I would say. Now, I will try it. I'm sure some of you will as well. Have any? Has anyone played it on PC? Because it is out. Landed no. a couple of weeks ago in July. Um, no. The PC equivalent. So when it hits Quest, I'll check it out. We'll report back. I'm, I'm warning you, though. I'm, I'm nervous about that. So, so uh, according to the internet, a, sh a Shinobi is a ninja as well. So it's like the same So it's just thing. ninja, ninja powers. Um, like, it's like double entendre it, with ninjas. Ninja, yeah, ninja powers. Yeah, but yeah, if if you're a ninja, <laughs> future devs, let me hide. Okay, all right. So, aside from that, last thing I wanted to say was uh, we spotted midweek that PSVR had some pretty uber sales on. So I have brought for you the top five. Um, this is Zim's steal of a deal. From from I'll start from fifth place to work up to number one. Okay. In fifth place for seven ninety nine, the assembly. If you haven't played the assembly and you're itching for something Half Life esque with a bit of mystery filling two character roles don't miss it eight pounds great that deal. one is from end dreams right end dreams yeah it was one of their mm -hmm. early ones it's how actually i came to know of end dreams and i met them in egx and uh, they gave me an assembly t-shirt i was like all right and i'll check this out i really liked it so uh, some of you i know haven't played it Let's go do your homework at some point it can be a year from now but please play the assembly it's good <laughs> um mega mega ton rainfall if you've ever mm -hmm. wanted to be superman and blow the feck out of communities of poor innocent people. I'm looking at you, Rowdy. Then for Already six pounds forty nine. Oh, I know you played it. I know. The cops <laughs> reported you several occasions. 
then Megaton Rainfall is a great way uh, to feel. So if uh, Windlands, you go for that Spider-Man vibe, then Megaton Rainfall, you do it for Superman vibe. And they do a really good job of that. What do you think of uh, Megaton for the people out there? So for those of you out there that have been watching The Boys on Amazon Prime this week, oh. you'll know what I'm talking about when you, when I say that this is like a Homelander simulator. <laughs> you get to become Homelander and actually wreck people's lives. <laughs> you can blow up planets in that game. You can yeah. go to different galaxies. It's it's yeah. enormous that game. I I, I don't yeah. think you're you're an evil person though. I, I <laughs> you got a safe actual like you're you're talking about ruining the city. I don't know how you played this game, but my, my, as my far as I is, know, you got as soon as you as soon as you become a god then you unlock all powers and you can do oh. basically what you want well, but my I'm, point uh, is which you is can be evil everything. if you want to be oh yeah. okay well it's, and that's your that's that's in life as well true you know? true true personalities <laughs> are showing again i, yeah, I have to say exactly I, I almost bet my wife i was like how long will it take will will mike drop the boys in the intro or will he drop it midstream it's definitely coming down this week <laughs> but i have to thank you mike because over the last like four months, I've spent that time catching up on every Black Beer episode, and they are excellent. Yeah. There are some really good gems in there. So if you haven't done a Black Mirror, that's Mike's recommendation. Do that. He's what? now recommending The Boys, which is on Amazon, is it? Amazon Prime? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Also, also the very first episode? Okay. Yeah. It's a great show. What? Black Mirror? <laughs> first episode? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you missed that one, Nathan. All right. Uh, two more. Uh, sorry, three more. Third place? Firewall zero hour for thirteen forty nine, good wow. good bargain for that. I paid a lot. I paid uh, eighty quid for my aim and yeah. farpoint, which is also on sale. Also remember that by buying this game, uh, Uncle Frank can go to the supermarket again. Like Uncle <laughs> Frank gets some money. Yeah, support Frank. Last two, all right. Um, last two. Blood and Truth nineteen ninety nine. That's half price. It's only been out a short while. Wow. Twenty quid for Blood and Truth. Is a oh steal. My. Don't miss it. Is all my, my VR game of the year so far. That's how good it is. Yeah. And for £3.99, I couldn't believe it was that cheap. And this is an easy one to miss. Came out a while ago. I think it was a 2016 or 2017 title. Static. It gets my Yay. number one prize. Steal yeah. of the deal. Four quid for static. Four uh, quid. Four pounds. Uh, so it's about $5. Um, that's going to that's gonna last you a good... I can't remember how long it took me. Probably three or four hours. How long did it take you, Mike? It's it's I haven't even finished it yet. Oh, fi- oh my god, yeah. you have to finish that game. Yeah, it's like Dumper. If you don't get to the ending, you haven't even you don't even understand it. You haven't even lived. No, <laughs> you I know. You haven't even I lived. Know. It's a great game though. The puzzle design in that game is is phenomenal. So good. And Rowdy can't even complain about the touch controls because your hands are fused together in a box. Yeah. I, I mentioned that the touch control there's were brilliant because it's all about the immersion. Shut up, Rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's it for this week for releases. Well, we're done there, Mike. Nice one. Thank Thanks. you very much, Sim. So let's move on to our first topic, uh, main topic then, and that is about the Vive Cosmos. So just to kind of recap what we know so far, if you've missed previous episodes of the show, because we've talked about it a couple of times before, uh, the Vive Cosmos is a new uh, VR headset coming soon. It uses inside-out tracking, just like the Oculus Rift S and the Windows Mixed Reality headsets. However, it's boasting six tracking cameras, uh, whereas obviously the Rift S has five. Uh, The Cosmos is going to have four on the front plate and one on either side. So we can expect a really decent tracking volume from these cameras. Uh, It has a flip-up display, which very few headsets on the market have that. So that's kind of interesting, especially if you're a dev. I think you're going to appreciate that, being able to flip up and work and then flip down, check what you're working on in VR. Devs are going to enjoy that. Yeah. it's got a halo head strap, uh, similar to that of the the Rift S, which incorporates yeah. their own headphones, uh, which look like they're from 
the deluxe audio strap. They Uh-oh. almost look identical. Um, so that is the kind of like design of it. Uh, in terms of uh, the panels, they're going to be using LCD panels. So again, like we've seen recently with the shift from OLED to LCD, the Rift S has an LCD, the Valve Index has an LCD. So the Cosmos is going to have an LCD as well. Perfect sense. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, it's got like a, a better sub-pixel arrangement, uh, which makes the screen look a little bit sharper and clearer, which and I like. And allows faster refresh rates. Yeah. Uh, although this is going to be a 90 hertz refresh rate headset, they haven't announced any faster refresh rates yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the resolution, which I think most people are interested in, is going to be 1700 by 1440 pixels per eye, mm-hmm. which is slightly more than the Vive Pro, Quest, and Index. Uh, so you're going to get a nice little bump in resolution. It's all going to come down to the lenses, though, really, because yeah. you know with, with the Index and the Vive uh, Pro and Vive historically, they've kind of suffered from like uh, God Rays. The original Rifted as well. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they've uh, solved that and reduced that in this new headset. Um, but what we don't know about this headset, which is the information we've been really desperate to find out, is that if this headset is going to be the first of its kind in that it's going to be a hybrid headset, you know, this was kind of hinted at back at CES because they showed a picture on screen that uh, with the headset with a, a mobile device in it. So it was kind of rumored back then that using Virtual Link, like we discussed earlier on the show, that they would be able to connect the headset to a mobile device. And instead of being standalone like the Quest, it's kind of tethered to a mobile device, but you can also take it out on the go with you or bring it home and connect it to a PC. So that was kind of going to be its unique selling point. But Hmm. we haven't heard anything about this feature Hmm. since. So I don't know if it was just kind of... But if it isn't, then it's just a regular headset. It's just a regular headset, exactly. I think it's PC headset then, right? An expensive one. Or is it a standalone? No, no, well, it's they, not. Because the, I, it's a hybrid. I, the, the guess is that it's a hybrid right now, but we don't know. Any yeah, but without a phone, yet. what kind of hybrid is it then? No, you need a mobile device for sure. You need yeah. a mobile device for sure, yeah. That, that, that's what we guess. But at, they keep yeah. that kind of under the radar at the moment. Yeah, what no means. one knows for sure. We don't have concrete information on that. Yeah. I'm interested, yeah. though, that there's, there's two things that stand out to me about this. Firstly is the cooling solution. All these headsets have done something different on the front, right? Because we saw, you know, active cooling in the Quest. On the go, we saw, you know, a metal panel that was dissipating passively. Um, The thing that caught my eye when rolling the kind of teaser for this is they show the two connectors plugging into a laptop, which makes me uh, like, okay, so they're accentuating, they're they're making a point to accentuate the fact that this is a tethered headset. Mm-hmm. Which is which is kind of playing against the whole concept that it's hybrid. There's no other part in that teaser that shows it being a hybrid, despite the previous. But mm-hmm. that's the thing; we can only speculate, and we've been doing that for the past so many weeks. Like it's yeah. it's about six yeah. months we start to get like some solid information that we know. Like what what is this device? What new does it bring to the table? And who is it for? Well, I think maybe, those are simple questions to ask. Maybe maybe we will with all these leaks going on. Well, this is what we're going to talk about. Like, the one thing we don't know is release date, although I would say it's likely going to be on sale by the end of the year. But the final... <laughs> the final question was, of course, the price. Now, this is where Argos comes in. Uh, if you're not familiar with Argos, it's like a outlet here in the UK. If you're really fancy, it's pronounced Argus. Um, mm. But they uh, basically posted the headset on their website for sale uh, in British pounds that it was going to be £699. Um, now, generally speaking, here in the UK, we pay in pounds what people yeah. pay in the US in dollars for tech hardware generally. So same with the Quest. You pay 399 in dollars, we pay 399 in pounds. 
for the 64 gigabyte model. It's just life. We just have to deal with it. It's the way it is. I'll accept your, your sympathies in the chat. So that would likely mean that it's going to be 699 US dollars for you, you people out there in the US, yeah. um, which is kind of interesting because, you know, it's kind of pricing itself right in the middle. You know, you've got uh, the Rift S at, at 399, very sort of low end PC VR headset. And you've got the Index at the very high end at like a thousand bucks. This is kind of going to sit right in the middle, you know, between them both, which mm. is a unique place in the market. So I think it's better for them to do that than try and compete. And it end. also sits nicely between their own headsets, between the Vive, Vive Pro. Yeah. But it's yeah. got to be hybrid then. It's got to be. But that's the thing. Like we, well, we don't know. They don't. Like, they do, well, why? Like if if it's it's a great feature that you should be using in your marketing campaign, and they don't. So there must be a good yeah. reason why they don't. If do it's that. if it's six ninety nine, which probably will be. By the way, I expect your sympathies in the chat will probably be seven ninety nine in Europe because we're the ones who are getting <laughs> properly screwed over. <laughs> um, but um, if it's not a hybrid on arrival, then what? Why buy it? Well, it's just going to be like, from what it looks like, it looks like it's aimed at the gamer market. Uh, you know, we've said that there's been some confusion previously on like Vive headsets, yeah. especially around the Pro, yeah. because although it was a business headset, they marketed it as a gaming yeah, headset. Um, what new this... does it bring then? Like, what well, is the refresh rate better? Is there, is there, I don't know, well, is I... there exclusive titles? <laughs> the panel's not amazing. Like, yeah. but more I... resolution, more field of view, like. But what if there is nothing else to announce than what they already announced in terms of specs? Wait, I know. Because, I mean, CES was the first time they showed it. So much can change in the meanwhile. Like, it could be this this one headset that runs with a mobile phone, but in the next moment, it doesn't anymore. Mm. Like, so much can change. You mean tethering but... to a phone? Like, plugging into a phone? Yeah, tethering. That's what I meant yeah. all along, by the way. Tethering to a phone, yeah. yeah. To uh, their phones, but, of course. So, but then... Okay. Yeah. Then again, I wouldn't make, I mean, if it's only mobile, then it's going to be competing directly with the Oculus Quest, which is almost half the, which is half the price here in, in, in Belgium. So so it's I, definitely aimed at PC as well, because like, like Zim said, they show it connected to a laptop. It connected. But yeah. I, uh, but it's whether it can do both or update. not is, is, is the key. What if it's not, you know, what if it's not tethering for, 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 oh, this is a stupid idea. <laughs> I was like, what if it just, just tethers for updating what, your headset? No, what if it just tethers to, uh, to like an anchor and then that just to uses that for back. power? Well, then it yeah. doesn't have anything to compute. So that's a smart idea, Zim. Anyway. I, the, the only thing I wonder, let's say it does connect to a phone. Like most people don't want to drain their battery of their phones with this mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so I, still like, I don't cool. know why 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 not like they have they have great technology why not just put it into the headset like a quest seems mm. weird but it just like like weird. what what I is mean, it what is it, it, it can only work with a select amount of phones with a select amount of screens that is a niche and a niche and a niche and a niche yeah, another I idea I another idea lads so we've, we've got the wireless uh you know module module right what if they took that technology and similar to kind of like magically put it on belt level, right? So you have something that's kind oh, of, yeah. again, away from your head. So people like me who are nervous about that, but you've got it. It's a little bit more portable. It's a little bit more, you can connect it to any machine, but you can take it with you. What about like that? So you've got a I... module that you, so you can tether it straight into a PC or boom. And it's basically a walk well, around the room wireless, just like for a presenter on stage. Well, what, what if, if they actually use something that you can clip to your like, you know, belt, that is reducing the weight of the actual headset because we can all agree that the Quest as a standalone is a heavy headset. Let's say so they mean. put parts out of that and they put it on your, you know, mm -hmm. belt. I know it sounds strange, but 
that would have been nice for you know the weight we reduction. don't have the gram weight of the headset yet right no uh i don't believe so no yeah, I but i think it. i think i think uh, i can't remember which one of you said it but i think you're probably right in that this will probably come to market just as a vr headset aimed at gamers i, I just think this whole right. this whole uh you know rumor about this whole mobile tethering I they, they keep it die. going like i think they 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 they're like oh everyone thinks that so let's just keep it like some people are gonna buy it and 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 still think that's maybe it. the case um but I'm, I'm just like you know these leaks are coming out and then i'm like you know you have been waiting with your marketing campaign for so long if this is the right price or it's actually um let's say lower or like higher than that then of course you don't say anything but there are maybe reasons right now to you know because people all suppose now that that's the price I, I, well to, it could be that it's not yeah personally i think the price is probably right because you know uh vive hardware has never been particularly cheap, cheap. no that's but, true. um but this is using inside out tracking now so they don't have to worry about base stations anymore and it fits right because Whenever you, you've had the, the original Rift and the Vive, the Vive was always a little bit more expensive. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the same now with the Rift S and, and the Cosmos. It's always going to be a little bit more expensive. But yeah. the, the, the key thing to their marketing campaign is what differentiates themselves from any other well, the manufacturer on the market. The, the, the hybrid part is the only the thing. Price. Yeah. Yeah. The hybrid yeah, part is the something. only bridge between the price, the headset, and everything else. That's like the circle of this whole thing. But this is my point. If they come to the market with just a VR headset, what's their unique selling well, point then is they lied then they lied to everyone and hyped everyone up with nothing mm. that's mm. what it is um did they state it explicitly though it, yeah. it was it was an it was an image um in it's in the trailer the, 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 I think the original it's in the trailer. trailer it was yeah, you in the see a phone trailer. you see a and, phone and also at the time qualcomm was showing off their um their sort of like prototype of the headset, which this with yeah. which this headset is based on, yeah, exactly. and that was a, a tethered headset as well to a mobile device. I remember Voodoo was was demoing it with a tether to a mobile device in some of his videos when he was at CES. So that's where that kind of gave that image some sort of like you know backup, some actually solid information because it's based on this sort of reference designed by Qualcomm. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but obviously it's been a long time since then, and we haven't really heard much. We've mm. had snippets of information, but they, like you're right, Nathia, that their marketing campaign has been pretty bad. But at about the same this, time, headset. I, I do think that six ninety nine is probably the right price for a headset. It's just that there's another very big company that is selling headsets at three ninety nine. Yeah. That makes this a very difficult entry point for any other VR company that well, wants to make headsets. Yeah, that's just what it is. It's yeah, no, it's difficult to sell a headset for I, the actual I mean, I price. Way more for my original Vive. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. So there, like maybe one more unique selling point could be 5G, but that's maybe too early. That's, that's too early for sure. But I, I think really, you know, because obviously HTC aren't really funding any titles like Oculus are, I think the only thing they can really do to <clears throat> really push this device is their Viveport platform. And whether that be that, you know, if you buy a Cosmos, you get 12 months Viveport Infinity for free. Well, that kind of mm. makes it an interesting prospect. Yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. Um, but it's whether or not it's, they're going to pull that off or not. I don't know. I, I just like, like I want it to be hybrid, seriously. But I just question it because they have been so vague in their whole marketing campaign. If this was really a thing, then they would have already used it in yeah. their favor, and they yeah. they don't, and they didn't, and I don't think they will. Well, that's maybe why I think the, that, that like someone in the chat is saying, uh, maybe it's aimed at the Asia market. Well, that's the thing. It might be already like we don't like as Mike said. We suppose based on the trailers, it's for gamers. Mm. But in the end, 
Sometimes, mm -hmm. same with the Vive Pro, it's a different story, and then you you're completely confused. What we, what we do know is that Shen, uh, who's one of the, the sort of people that works for Vive and sort of regularly is like a kind of, you know, community sort of mm -hmm. poster about what's going on there. He recently tweeted that he was going to see Marcus Brownlee, which can only suggest that he's going to show Marquez, you know, the, the cosmos, cosmos and he's going to cover it in a video. Yeah. But it's going to be the rest of the market, the marketing around this headset that really sort of proves whether it's going to be a success or not. Yeah, I, I do think there will be this, like what Valve did, you know, this press event where uh, certain people can, mm. you know, try it out. Mm. What is the, sorry, know. the 5G element, I'm not following that. So what what specifically? I don't know. Like, I don't know what that, what they would, you know, use that for, but I just know that they have been experimenting with 5G and in so, what way that yeah. will work. I think it's connection, of course. Like cloud-based computing as well, uh, you know. But yeah, connection to your PC using 5G makes it a very Instead quick... Instead of Wi-Fi. Ah, of higher wifi. bandwidth. And, oh, and then right, you've right. got lower latency connection there, which but is great for wireless. In Asia, charge. like in Asia, 5G is like, you know, uh, the next big thing over here. Well, like here in the Netherlands, they're still, you know, yeah. discussing if they should get rid of an old dish from, from I don't know, what age, instead of getting 5G. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while before it's here. But in Asia, you know, if that's the market they go for, then something with 5G would totally so, make sense. So as, a, as an upgraded wireless communications protocol, I understand now why that would be attractive. I'm wondering what you would need to have on your PC to enable that connection. That They're probably a bit like the Vive Pro wireless adapter. They'd give you like a PCIe card that you just yeah, slot in. That's yeah. what I was thinking. It'd be a PCIe um, slot. Yeah, okay. So, so with, yeah. This, with this leak from this website of this price from Ar Ar Argos, Argos would this would this be a part of the marketing campaign, like what Valve did with all these leaks? You know, they uh, leak I don't things, think so. or no, is it just a real like stupid accident? I think it's a stupid accident because according to to Upload, HTC responded this week uh, to the leak by saying we're aware a price was listed by mistake on a retail partner <laughs> website. We look forward to sharing more details with you soon about the Cosmos. But they but say soon no... all the time. They say yeah. soon, soon, soon. It's every week. Soon, soon, soon. What does soon even mean? <laughs> what does it even mean? Oh does that Reef mean like maybe. springs? Like spring for me means soon. <laughs> don't even like just did the same. They triggered yeah, us they with did. spring. They, they, they did. They did. I just want them to be you know open about it so we yeah. can all decide if we yeah, want to get this headset that's the or thing not. intact though like uh, even like if you if you look at like no man's sky oculus like everything yeah, it's but, the built hype it's yeah, built but, hype. but in the end if you build it or not in the end if you can't deliver people don't buy it so if you keep on the reps that it's not a hybrid then in the end people will discover it anyway and they don't buy it so what's the difference <laughs> between you know for the audio listeners, Mike is removing his headphones and Nathan continues with his rant. Um, I, the thing but I have true, to say right? is... It doesn't sell more copies if you keep it secret. No. For, for our friends who don't live in the UK, Argos's website has been one of the shittest websites for about the last 10 years. I am in no way surprised. I think they might be bested by Sainsbury's, but like their website is absolutely atrocious. It has been. The search for it has been terrible. I'm not surprised at all. This is totally legitimately probably a mistake. Whether or not it's the legitimate price, I I, I wonder. I do hear from chat it's been taken down subsequently. Yeah. So we demand that HTC is going to open up about what's uh, going but on. But GG Argos, GG. All right. 
when I when I tweeted about this, like, and again highlighted my frustrations about not having in- information about the cosmos, that Vive did actually reply and say there is information coming soon. But again, <laughs> not, not, to, not to trigger Nathy, but happy uh, Mike, <laughs> sure, it's yes. coming soon. Oh, hey, what a surprise! <laughs> but there you go. So six nine nine is the rumored price for the cosmos. Whether oh, it's true wow. or not, we don't know yet. But I think it's likely. We'll probably hear more information in the coming weeks. Sure. Fingers crossed, but but who knows? But let's hope. <laughs> let's hope that this headset has a unique selling point uh, that, that differentiates itself from the other headsets on the market right now. If Otherwise, anyone says soon to Nathy at the party, you're standing in the corner for five minutes. All right. Yeah, I, that's the the word that triggers him the most. But let's move on then. Let's pass it over to Rowdy. It's time to have your mind blown, as he's going to give us some Rowdy science about the fascinating upcoming technology from Neuralink. I'm super interested about this. We talked about covering on the show before. Rowdy's probably the best person to talk about it as he is a brain scientist after all. So go ahead, Dan, now that I've picked you up. It's going to be a a bit of a a different one as well because um, um, I don't want to temper the hype a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with explaining first what, what basically do, Neuralink you, is. You do want to temper the hype? In other words, you want to reduce it or you want to incre- amp up the hype? Reduce it. Okay, so you want reduce to temper Reduce it the hype. a whole lot. Okay, A whole it. lot. Because a lot of people have been talking about this stuff, uh, even in the chat. Um, first, I want to say with nothing about this, what has been announced, none of that is new. This, this exists already for, for decades. This is nothing new. It is state of the art. It's the best of the best. But it's not something new. Um, what they basically propose is a, is a, is a brain-machine interface, something that has been, like I said, people have been working on this already for, for many, many, many years, for decades even. I myself uh, have been implanting electrodes into brains of, of uh, certain animals in order to stimulate certain parts of their brain, which in essence is a, a brain-machine interface. Question. You use it. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, any VR users or no? Just uh, No comments. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but but brain machine interfaces are being used generally. Like what I did was single electrodes. That is the thing that is being used the most. Also in humans, that is being used. You use electrodes to treat certain disorders. For example, with Parkinson's disease, if um, w- what happens in Parkinson's disease is that people uh, who have it they don't produce enough dopamine. And dopamine is one of the neurotransmitters in your brain that is very crucial to your normal brain functioning, which means that if they don't have enough uh, dopamine, they start uh, with, a, with a certain tremor in certain parts of their body. Now, what happens is that they then treat that um, by giving them levodopa, which is a drug that is sort of like a precursor for dopamine. Hmm. They use that, but eventually those cells will also get destroyed which means that they don't have access to, to dopamine anymore. So what they did then, many, many decades ago, is implement, implant um, an electrode in a very small region of the brain in order to stimulate that region and to reduce uh, that tremor. And that's a very, it's not a cure for a Parkinson, but it's a very effective way, very invasive way, because the only way to get the electrode in the brain is you need to do neurosurgery. You need to actually <sighs> insert that electrode in the brain something that they're talking about with Neuralink as well. And I still see those kind of techniques as very, very invasive because you cannot implement uh, an electrode into a brain without destroying other brain cells. There's just no way of doing it, even though it's very, like they talk about, and that's what I mean, it's state of the art, but it's nothing new. The state of the art is that the film that they have described to use that, uh, to, to implement those electrodes, those, those wires, 
They're extremely thin, thinner than a hair, but you still need to get them into the brain. So you so still will. You, you, you're drilling... You're drilling bone, right? I mean, we're talking about this is not yeah, that's keyhole not the surgery. The, like the this problem is... is not drilling the bone. The, the bone. It's that you need to insert those electrodes into the brain. They oh. and especially for if you want to treat something like Parkinson's disease, the, the electrodes they go very deep. They go to the thalamus, the subthalamic nucleus, which is like the the bottom of the brain. And the only way to get to the bottom of the brain is to go the entire way through the brain without. Targeting they, any were, like were, specific. Were they saying that they kind of aiming this to be as invasive as like laser eye surgery? Yeah, I don't believe that. Okay. Like they, they they say they want to like implement it like LASIK, but it's still it's still neurosurgery. You're mm -hmm. still gonna have to drill in the hat no matter what. And they've actually they've not developed it because I did a little bit of research like who developed this machine is actually DARPA, military science, military oh. uh, technology, who has developed this specific computer because actually if you go to the to the darpa twitter account they were a little bit like where is our credit you know we're the ones who like made this machine basically that and they have implemented oh. that kind of technology in there so, so we've confirmed so, that darpa are making super soldiers like uh what was it oh yeah of course of course like Dolph, Dolph lundgren movie was it universal soldier holy shit oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> now the interesting part what they're talking about though with Neuralink is that they also want to start targeting vessels in the brain so blood vessels and if they then go into blood vessels they can follow those blood vessels and then specifically target i think that is that is still far, far away before they can actually do something like that. Um, but I'm a little bit underwhelmed with the kind of things that they're suggesting because they're, of course, with Elon Musk, we all know he knows how to build hype. Like he, he, he can take a concept like this and he talks about, oh, we can, we can use this for like sending telepathic messages. We want, we can use this to make people like if we like the motor cortex. It's very easy to target the motor cortex because it's on top of the brain. So same with like the somatory senses, so like smell and all those kinds of on the top of the brain. Usually those are not the regions that we target with deep brain stimulation. Now, what, what, what he talks about then is, oh, we can use that to do, give people who have prosthetic limbs or like prosthetic whatever, that they have more control over that, which is true. Uh, you, you will be able to do that. But then the thing that they suggest in the paper that they write is they want to completely paraplegic or comatose people, they want to have them move a mouse a cursor on the screen, yeah. which I don't think like that's very unambitious to take that as they want to start clinical trials and those are the clinical trials. But that is, I think back in 2001, that has already been done. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit, it, it is a lot of hype that they build around this, but it's not really like the kind of technology that I would like to see. And I come to the ethical points later on, if we do develop those kind of, because then the discussion gets really interesting because I'm very, uh, I have a very particular opinion on this. I wrote a thesis on this as well. Um, but you have Adam Marblestone, which is uh, the neuroscience theorist over at Google's DeepMind. So he he kind of knows what he's doing as well. And he, he, he tweeted about this as well. He said, you can think of Neuralink as the default background state of neurotech accelerated. So they are climbing Everest with the biggest and the best gear that they can have the engineering that they have, but what they actually really need is a helicopter to get this intensive breakthrough to, to you know, really top that. You want to ask something, Zim? No, I was going to say, I can you just run that metaphor again? Because I, I didn't quite get the helicopter. Just, just... Yeah. So you, you can see it as that they're climbing Mount Everest yeah. with the biggest gear, uh, with the biggest team, with the better gear. They have all the money that is funding them. So they can go really fast up there, 
But what they really need is a helicopter that just brings them to like the next level. Yeah, got and it. And I think that's a very good comparison because they're working with state-of-the-art technology. They have the best scientists working on that. They have a billionaire that is supporting the project. They have the, the best computer technologists, the best neuroscientists. But at the same time, I mean, they can't move, make time move faster, no matter how much money they have. So, mm. I mean, it's good. Like, don't get me wrong. But the way that the especially if you read the media about like, ah, oh, soon we'll have, you know, brain machine interfaces and we can control objects with our mind or we can, you know, operate virtual reality with, with our mind, which is, by the way, is also not new because I actually looked yeah. it up and I sent you the trailer in the Twitter chat not that long ago. I remember that I, I kickstarted the game, which was called Son of Nor. I know I don't know if any of you knows the, know the game. Son of Nor was a kickstarter. It didn't do that well. But they, they worked together with, I have to look up how it was called, uh, the Emotive Epoch, which was a brain-computer interface, a cap that you would put over your head, yeah. and they would use telekinesis in that game. And by really focusing on using telekinesis in the game, you could actually use telekinesis in the, in the game. The problem with those kind of headsets out of out of your brain is that you introduce a lot of noise because you need to extract the signal from the brain. You need to calculate the electric currents in your brain and translate them into an electric signal into the, into the computer game. Yeah, yeah. And by going invasive, because uh, that's the thing that they're doing now, that is the, the project that they have suggested, that is the thing that they've announced, is that they managed to record 1,032 electrodes into the brain of a, of a rat, which is very interesting. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's really necessary to record that much because um, I think they've done it with 30 electrodes. They managed, managed to also like record like uh, a signal that was able to move a mouse cursor. So I don't think it's really necessary. More is always better. But there's nothing really new about this kind of technology that really makes me go like, oh, wow, they've, they've really solved a major problem here. Yeah. They haven't. Yeah. So, so I, if I understand it correctly, it's kind of like in software. If you wanted an API, a, a wall of switches that you can, you know, connect into. Um, today, you've got to go invasive, and that's your main barrier mm -hmm. to to interfacing with a human being. That way, yeah. You, the best way to do this would still to have a non-invasive manner yeah. uh, that you would have, or like they like what they want to go to if, is if you could go through the the blood vessels, and then eventually like just overlay the brain in, in certain ways. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't really know yet what the like the state of the art of the of the technology on mm. that is there, but we're definitely not not there yet. Is that with, uh, with that with that going through the blood vessels, right? I think you're so from, instead of coming from the outside, you're going from the inside with like a nanobot network or something like that. That would yeah, so, something like map? that would okay. be would be feasible. Um, but also, I, I think there was a which movie is it again where they introduce like a skull cap where they remove like basically the top of the skull. And then they implement a, a computer chip here, so to dissipate the heat. <laughs> I was thinking Hannibal okay. Lecter. I don't think that's the one you're you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I think they call it like a skull cap or something. I have to look it up. Uh, maybe people in the chat know it. Um, mm. But they, what they basically do is that they replace like a portion of the skull and they and they put it on there, and then you have those wires that then go out and go into the brain to all different kinds of regions, and then boost your. And then we come to the ethical part: uh, boost the intelligence. Now. Throughout this entire conference that Elon Musk gave, he really proposes a way to combat artificial intelligence because I think we all know that Elon sees this as art artificial yeah. intelligence as a certain threat to human society because, and there's a, a very realistic threat because even if we have a benign artificial intelligence, um, there's still a lot of problems for human society because 
Uh, there's a very cool documentary on YouTube. Don't go watch it now. Go and watch it after the the, the old space event. <laughs> um, it's called Humans Need Not Apply. It's a 15 minute uh, documentary, and it basically talks about how we as humans are slowly progressing to an era where we're just simply not necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if, if you look at a lot of the jobs that we have now, mm-hmm. we have self-driving cars that are common. We have taxi drivers that, that will be losing their job because it's just more efficient, cheaper, and more reliable to have a computer doing that kind of job. Um, and the documentary talks about that really nicely because you have a lot of... Um, a lot of jobs. If you think, oh, I, I have a university degree, you know, I'm 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 a medical doctor, or I work at a, I do risk analysis at a bank or whatever, I'm safe. No way. I mean, there are already algorithms being in development right now that can perform better than any g- general practitioner out there based on the data that they perceive. Yeah, uh, you have risk analysis algorithms that can outperform any human, can do it twice as fast, can do. M- much better jobs you have if you think oh i'm a youtuber uh, i make creative content there's no way a computer can make creative content mm-hmm. <laughs> screw that there's already computers right now doing that and there's a lot of companies investing a lot of money in video editing algorithms that can automatically choose which kind of piece of content would work better next to which kind of so i mean watch the documentary because it's it, it can tell way better than i can oh. but that is a serious threat for artificial intelligence now, when you get to the other side, what Elon Musk tries to propose is like, we're going to make a brain machine interface because ultimately the way that's to survive as humanity is to ultimately integrate with this kind of technology that we become one with this kind of, and I agree with that, but that becomes a huge ethical problem because which people are going to be able to afford that. Mm-hmm. And then are the people, the rich people, the, the, the ones that can afford these kind of technologies and eventually there's going to come a point that you're going to go to the job market and you're going to be competing with these kind of people mm-hmm. that imagine that you you apply for a job that requires a lot of heavy lifting and you're competing with a guy that has 10 times the amount that you can lift i'm just saying something simple that's um, already but, the case <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i'm saying like that, that that's already happening now but you imagine that for like as a, as a medical doctor Imagine yeah. that as a as a lawyer. Imagine that as a as a banker. All these kind of jobs will all depend on these kind of things. And I think mm-hmm. that this problem does not really this solution doesn't really solve this kind of problem. But it's basically like like we see healthcare is we see it as something that is normal. But in a lot of countries they don't have that, and this will widen that gap even more. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, I did a thesis on that where I discussed the use of drugs. There was like in, 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 in the student environment, there were a lot of students that started using drugs that were specifically made for HDHD, at Ritalin and those kind of things. And students would start taking them during the exams in order to focus. It was sort of like a doping amongst like students. And the, the, the ethical question that arises then is that when you come to the job market, you're competing with people who obtained their degree then in the maybe more dishonest way compared to the people who didn't use those kind of like drugs to improve their their brain focusing uh, <laughs> mentality. But I think that there's a lot of ethical questions around this kind of technology huh. if we ever get to that point. Well, mm-hmm. when we ever get to this point, because it will happen. But uh, the technology like it is proposed now and like it's portrayed in the media, it's, it's two different kind of technologies, yeah. really. I, I, like, I really like the idea that you know, people with physical disabilities will have an interface to a computer that they can 
control it to enhance their lives. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. great and have more independence. I think that's great. Uh, I am fascinated by it. I, I, and I would also recommend checking out the Elon Musk, uh, Joe Rogan um, interview. It's like two and a half hours long. It's super scary as well. And, he, and, and Elon touches on a lot of points that Rowdy says, like AI is eventually going to happen. We have, we've already, um, you know, uncorked the genie. We can't put it back now. It's too no. late. No. Um, we're already on this path, but to compete yeah. that, that Neuralink is, we're going to have to use it to, to integrate with AI to be part of the future. Um, but really, you know, I, I think what they perceive and what is, like you say, is possible is two different things. Like it can't, they kind of give you the, 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 um, the dream the that you can jack, jack into the matrix and just learn Kung Fu in a single click or that's yeah. just, just not possible. But I think that the offloading aspect from the Joe Rogan podcast, which I managed to catch live and it was very interesting. I agree with you, Mike, and I'll, I'll second up that. I think it's something that people should listen to as like mandatory listening um, is the concept that at the moment and in a non-invasive manner uh, to Rowdy's earlier point, like mobile phones are off offloading storage from our brains today. Yeah, it's like uh, an extension. of your, It's an yeah. extension. Exactly. And so there, there's not, as you say, we're already down that road. That's already happening. But if you look at us as a, as a vessel independent of those things that we're becoming reliant upon all these networked systems, we're pretty, you know, we're, we're pretty unintelligent in that little bubble. You know, mm-hmm. there's not much we can do beyond that. We're not networked. We're not um, yeah. growing. We're not learning in the same way machine learning happens. Um, so you you can see where the threat comes. Uh, the threat comes from redundancy because it's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, why would I go to a fish for, for open heart surgery? Well, I wouldn't because mm-hmm. it's just sitting there flopping around. And the exactly. same thing and, that Rowdy said. And the, the really nice thing in the documentary, Humans Need Not Apply, is that they compare us to horses. It's like... What they're saying basically in the beginning of the podcast is like, you know, horses back before there were cars, they were saying, you know, ah, you know, it's it's actually nice. It's just a lot of new jobs that will be opening for horses in the city because they don't need to like do so many things, you know, on, on the land anymore. They don't need to pull those cars anymore. But we all know that that wasn't what happened. As soon as like horses became redundant, the only people still riding horses are people who actually like horses. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 No, or, or, and, or they make frikandel of horses. Yeah, of that. Yeah, Findes crispy pancakes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. But I think it is I think it is fascinating, and um, you know, like uh, John Carmack uh, from Oculus visited, uh, you know, Elon Musk and went to the Neuralink presentation. He said it was super interesting. Uh, he actually did. I did I get the quote? No, I haven't got the quote. Um, but he said it was super fascinating, and I think something like this in the very very far far future. Uh, will integrate with VR, and you know when you when you integrate when you're talking to characters in game, just as, as like as an example that came up in my head, that they would be able to understand and know your emotions. So if you're excited, they would know that you're excited. You know, like you need to calm down. We have got to go in this mission together. You need to calm down first, or you know, like but you know, you're scared. I, I, don't worry. You know, we're going to go through this together. You know, and that kind I of. I agree like... with that, but I don't think that people that that will be an invasive manner. I, no, I, no. I really don't think that because even if it's LASIK surgery, yeah, it'd be crazy to do that to your brain. Like, yeah. I mean, seriously, so, like, so, I, I, I don't see that happen that unless raises... they can find a way to do it yeah. non-invasive. And with non-invasive, I mean that they don't damage your brain cells because brain cells are the only cells in your body that do, do not, not regenerate. regenerate. They do not regenerate. So if they're gone, they're gone. Mm. So, so like, it, let's do a little quick round table then to round it off because we're going to be uh, live in alt space in five minutes. Um, who, who out of you, like in the future, would be willing to have something like this done as a procedure? Oh, yeah, definitely. If, if it enhanced your life. That, yeah. It'd, I'm, it'd I'm super surprised that the zipper is hand up. <laughs> super surprised. I, why? 
only because of previous yeah. like talks about like uh, radio waves with the uh, wireless adapters and stuff near your head but this is no, a physical I'm... interface this is uh this is a bit different so oh, the yeah, after sure. effects yeah. of the after effects of something that isn't the, the trouble i have with wireless technology that close to your head and someone mentioned it earlier about 5g on a headset for instance which i would also steer clear of um is that you're trying to like you're trying to catch a fish and you decide to drop an h-bomb in the ocean that's the problem is that by design the technology is that you're using to get the effect is way overcooked on, on what you're trying to achieve and the effect of the the unmetered effect of that, that that's having is a giant question mark i'm not willing to have pointed at you know mm. at something that's too important for me so that, that but, that's the difference between the two but i think we're all willing to be cyborgs and be like yeah, uh, let's, let's you know. cyborg it up yeah. ultimately yeah. we we won't have a choice if, yeah, if, if, I, if, I think you're right if we have right. the money <laughs> for it because as you said if it's for the rich yeah, but then... that's the thing that that that's the thing that I yeah. think is the biggest problem that this is going to create an even bigger. We even have it now. We have a Not huge insane. gap in healthcare yeah. uh, with people who have access to it and people who don't. Even in countries that are well off. Now yeah. imagine Deus Ex. I don't want to start dystopian sounding dystopian, but <laughs> that's a likely scenario if you have like these kind of like technologies. Yeah. So the one nice. thing we do know though is that regardless of how good AI gets, there will never be four robots that will be as funny as entertaining <laughs> and as informative about well, VR as the, we are. So the, the funny part is there are only we'll three, there are only three humans here. That's true. People uh, say I'm a robot. <laughs> yeah. And 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 funny enough, a job simulator isn't even that much of a silly game if you think about it. <laughs> it's just uh. a serious future for us. Wow. But yeah. We're already getting use used windows. to the idea. That's it. I got to say, though, lads, um, one thing here, as, as I know Mike's heading to round the show up so we can get on to our party bus. Um, you know, congratulations, everybody. Pat on the back. It's been 100 episodes. This is awesome. Um, and I think it's Two something years. that since the very beginning, you know, had promise. But um, it's become a show that, like, sadly, I have there are some episodes I've watched back four or five times by accident because I'm listening back to a segment to pick up a bit of news. And then I just end up listening through the whole thing again and again and again. And it, it, and, and that's that says something. You know, I think it's uh, it, it's a really entertaining cast. I enjoy every week we get the opportunity to come together. I'm glad we can share it with the world. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, I hope we have years it, of doing this. It's crazy. It's been like two years ago we started. Like yeah. it, It's nuts. It's nuts. I think on the next episode, I'm going to do a little segment on how we started it and <laughs> kind of you know the journey along the way because i think that is an interesting story to tell <laughs> uh we just had so much to cover in this week's show like as you know because we're running late anyway um so i will just remind you uh it's a weekly vr ar and mr talk show live streamed every saturday youtube facebook and on twitch catch the show live in vr uh, through big screen TV and watch it with other like-minded VR enthusiasts or check out the audio version, which is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, and Spotify. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, we're now going to hop into Alt Space. There is an event in there uh, created for us. There is only space for 40 people, so get in there quick if you want to hang out with us, ask us some questions. Maybe we can talk about like this whole neural thing more in there because I, I, I think we could talk about this for hours. <laughs> but I think it was a super fascinating topic. I really appreciate Rowdy taking the time to do yeah. some research into no it. No problem. Uh, I think the the, the 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 pass of VR and this technology will converge at some point. Um, and hopefully we're still doing this show when it gets to that point so we can tell you all about it then as well. Um, so yeah, we'll see you hopefully in Alt Space. If you enjoyed yeah. the show, let us know. Leave a see like you and subscribe. In also, I'll mention, so for anyone who is watching now, doesn't have VR and would like to watch the party, I'm casting it over at youtube.com slash ZimTalk5. So I'll be live in about 10 minutes now. So Awesome. All awesome. Right. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week as always. And until then, bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. See ya.